and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101, the podcast that picks you up and never lets you down. Also, no, I'm pretty sure we've done that one before. <laughs> sure. Well, eat like a meal? The podcast eats like a meal? Yeah, exactly. There you go. After 190 of these things, we're bound to repeat some. Joining up me tonight is Kushboos. Hello. Big O. We never repeat anything. <clears throat> yeah. And May Chart. I never left. Wait, I think we used that one before too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we have. It's too hard to keep all those going. It's just, there's too, too many episodes now. It's a good problem to have. I mean, in your wildest dreams, when you hit record on episode zero, did you think 190 episodes later you'd still be sitting here doing this? This is great. Oh, God, no. <laughs> and you haven't gotten rid of me not. yet. You're the next one we're working on. I mean. <laughs> right. I mean. Right click. <laughs> um, hey. <laughs> you guys offed Mango super early. So it's just the slow burn at this point. <laughs> Off Mango. It sounds like we murdered him. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you heard from him uh, lately? No, we definitely did not do that. No. Right. All right. Well, let's jump right in. Let's get to a topic of discussion for this week. And the question for this week is, we want to know about your goals. Do you have an end goal in mind? Something you'd hit and make you hang up the controller? And if not, what are your long-term achievement hunting goals uh, let's start with Michelle, since you're first up in line on this. All right, sounds good. So let me go ahead and uh, highlight some of these responses. And of course, right off the top, say thank you to our patrons who took the time to respond because we got lots of good answers here. So I'm sure we're all very ready to dig in here. Uh, first off, I'm going to read Fug's response. Fug says, I really have no goals in mind besides trying to improve my completion percentage over time. Everything else is just day-to-day, do community things, have fun. In that way, I don't burn out my and just enjoy myself. Too many people have burned themselves out, pushing for some silly number, and then they no longer enjoy their hobby. Jay Black says, I don't have an end goal when it comes to gaming. The only thing that would stop me from fully gaming is if I can't find anything interesting or fun. I could see me playing games when I'm 80 years old, yelling at Luigi to get off my lawn. And finally, Uncle Beast <laughs> who adds, I don't like to put too much focus into endgame goals, because at the end of the day, this is a hobby, and I don't want to turn this into a second job. Now, that being said, if I were forced to pick something, I'd like to end up on the front page of a few leaderboards. So the reason why I went with these three is because I, I agree. Before achievements, video gaming was and still is a hobby. And I'm in the same mm-hmm. boat. I, I want to raise my completion percentage mostly because I want that to be a reflection of doing a better job of focusing on things I started. Uh, I'm not as interested in just dabbling a little bit of this or that. I'd rather commit to something and try to get as much done as possible. But I don't really have an end goal in mind either because I don't see myself not gaming. Uh, it's something I've done since I was three, and I don't think that's going to stop. And I, a goal sounds so finite. Like if you hit that, you're supposed to jump off. So I'm in agreement with Fug and Jables and Umple Beast. I think the best way to go is to have a couple little things that help guide you a little bit, but just enjoy. Have a great time doing what we do. I completely agree. Video games are supposed to be for fun. Like if you want to play towards some contest for getting achievements or uh, being like best in the world in some leaderboard, you know, or what have you, it doesn't really much matter. But this is absolutely just 
my hobby, your guys' hobby, everyone that's listening hobby. We're doing this for fun. So whatever it is that helps you have fun with this, that's what really matters. I agree. Uh, two patrons I'm going to read off. First one's uh, Chewy. He says, my short-term goal is a million gamer score, but I don't really feel like that would be an end goal. Even if I thought I might slow down, realistically, there's always something else to keep me interested. I'll just keep going until I can't go any longer. Sleep when you're dead. Well, I agree with that one, too. And then from Ahizo, to everyone's surprise, just climbing card and board leaderboards as high as I can go. If I ever see a shot at taking the top spot, I'll even go so far as to play things no sane person could complete, like prominence poker good luck (laughs) for as much as i can get until then mostly just focusing on upping my completion percentage a bit of dives over the year and i'd like to recover them yeah good luck with that card and board leaderboard if you're especially if you're trying to complete prominence poker that is one heck of a grind nate what you got yeah we'll start with northern lass she says my short-term goals I recover my bean dive from last July before this July's bean dive and also hit 1 million gamer score. Uh, Echo says, my goal is all gold TA badges. That's a unique one. Not too many people have uh, replied with that one. Uh, as a lifelong goal, I want to get to a point where I can keep up with the latest releases instead of drowning in the ever-growing backlog. Uh, mm. I don't think that will ever happen. <laughs> but no, I wish. It's a good goal. Uh, and Philip Wendell says the numbers that I enjoy seeing rise the most are total completions, completion percentage, gamer score, and my position in Georgia gamers based on gamer score. BCM has really inspired me to play some harder games. Uh, good job. Um, where do I see myself in five years? Uh, I would say uh, over a million gamer score for sure, but I really don't have gamer goals. Uh that pertain to numbers really at this point uh basically it's just keep playing and keep playing fun things and you know uh stuff to talk about uh that's that's really all i want to do is just you know keep playing till it's not fun any longer which hopefully is never so <laughs> keep on going so i have a, a question because there are some people who shoot for that all gold top row on ta and those are obviously folks who uh, like having those stats so you i think you need over over a million TA score, over, um, you need to be in the top 1,000 of the TA leaderboards for gamer score. So it's obviously a moving target. Over 90% completion, over a 2.0 ratio, I believe, and over 500 completed games, which is a lot. Like, it, it is hard to hit those numbers and those numbers yeah. and those numbers. I'm just curious as we're sitting here talking, what do you guys think would be the hardest to? make a gold badge i like just speaking for myself ratio of 2.0 sounds just so difficult because i do like playing the occasional 1.0 which is always going to drag it down what what do you guys think Mm. i'm at a 172 i didn't think i was okay that's cool um (laughs) that game uh, pass inflation i guess yeah uh for me i mean I've got 112 friends. I have enough friends, but you know, if you request a, if you request to be my friend, I'm gonna say yeah. But uh, I'm not gonna go searching for whatever makes a gold badge. 
Oh, and reviews. How many reviews do you have to do? Well, that's that's all the second row, right? I don't think. I mean, you can. Oh, we don't care about the second row. I, I, oh, I mean, okay. unless they, usually. Well, let me not misspeak, but like. Typically, if people say all gold badges on TA, they're really talking about that top row, which is reflective of TA score, gamer score, completion percentage, completed games, and ratio. Okay. Kind of- you know what? I did just think I do have one number I am proud of and want to keep, at least for the near future. And that is uh, the community uh, challenges. Like, I'm in the gold club. So I do want to keep doing that. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the hardest. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Yeah, if you haven't. Yeah, because you can't go back in time, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's impossible for me to get there. Yeah. I mean, mm. I feel like if you wanted to get the gold in the ratio, that's doable. Because you could kind of help tailor your games of what exactly it is that you want to do. To me, I feel like the completion percentage is the toughest especially if you have been pl- have been on Xbox Live for a long time you have a lot of games on your tag that either are have a bunch of unobtainables now like the EA games where it's it's literally impossible to complete them the right. servers are never coming back online or you've started large or long games like a like a Dragon Age or a Halo Master Chief collection where it just has so many achievements to mm-hmm. it and to be clear, like, Kusher, Craig, Echo did specifically say all gold TA badges, which could mean everything. And and that's tough because, like, TA playlists are a badge, so you'd have to participate in a certain number of them, and they're only going to be once a month. So uh, that that sounds difficult, but, um, you know, definitely shout out those that progress in Brag Camp as you get those gold badges done. I mean, it's just such a – it's such a – achievement hunter thing to go in there and say how many times do i need to vote Mm -hmm. to get that gold badge like not what's worth voting on it's no no where can i just throw votes out just like the netflix app like how do i get that achievement on the netflix app well i just pretend like i've seen a bunch of movies right leave it running all night or the one for writing solutions too because you have to write a solid number of them and do you spam solutions like the way we would spam and shortcut other things but, but then you ra- like it well i think there's also a vote ratio though so if you write all bad solutions you're gonna have a bad ratio badge so that I, but i'm not yeah i don't know you have to write a bunch of walkthroughs and stuff too there's all sorts of badges like the different staff members on ta have different badges and stuff if you're really gonna get in the weeds <laughs> i'll be completely honest i didn't even know like what you would call the second row of badges it was even a thing. That's like I thought it was just like a stat. Like I didn't realize that. Hey, you know, the more of the likes you do, the more you know you change your badge or whatever. The yellower that thing gets. <laughs> yeah, that first row is yeah. is again sort of core categories, and the second row is more community participation categories. Yeah, because like I I don't use TA as the social media whatsoever. So for me, like that's never gonna happen. Like I'm very much surprised. Where was it? That I have sixty four. That I've have sixty four comments. I mean, most people don't use TA that way. Um, that's just how it's been for a long time. I, mean, I don't. It doesn't look like you used to be able to click on the comments badge to see a leaderboard of how many comments people have made. And I haven't written for TA in many years now, and most of my comments come from having posted news articles there years ago 
But for a long time, even after I was done, I was still in the top 10 of forum posters on TA. So it, it doesn't generate that much, but you could spam it and get to gold, I guess, fairly easy because it doesn't matter the content. But not to take away from KT Echo's goals, I was just uh, just curious what you guys were, were thinking yeah, when you heard that. Mm-hmm. Participate in 17 community events. That's it. Now I'm looking at mine. I'm like, I had no idea even these things were even a thing. I, tr- I really, truly just don't use TA for that whatsoever. It's going to trigger the achievement hunter in you. Suddenly you're going to be like, you know what? I can get to 20 community events. I'm in. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, how about you? Tony Coconut says, enjoy my hobby over all else. I try to get my completion percentage higher and complete more games, but not at the cost of disliking it. I guess it helps that I don't dislike much video gaming. I've been gaming since the late 80s, so I don't see it stopping. And Retro Chief, who's probably been gaming since the late 40s, says my goal was originally <laughs> to get to 1 million and decide from there. I pretty much now just made it a point to climb the point-and-click leaderboard and play what I want to play and don't chase the score. I still score 15 to 20k a month, so the million will happen. I've been starting focusing on playing contests where they tend to influence what my backlog, uh, what from my backlog I'll be playing. It lets me work through my backlog and play games with the community more. Now back to playing Sunset Overdrive for a random to-do list. Good man. <laughs> yeah, so the, game is so good. The way this question was worded, I think, pe- I think the spirit of the question was achievement related. Um, like hang up your controller, meaning not stop playing entirely, but more stop catering to the achievements. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what people took that as. I think that's what I took it as. Like, I don't think anyone's just gonna be like, okay, I got a million gamers score, never gonna play video games again. Yeah, that's how I understood it. So, I think, I mean, yes, you know, one million used to be like a far away a goal, but now it's not. Almost a nine hundred thousand. There's easy crap galore, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna hit a million. And I think I'm, I think I'm still gonna probably do the same stuff I always do: play an easy game here and there, and. Uh, have my multiplayer projects going during the week and maybe play a longer single-player game sometimes, but probably not. I can't see things changing too much. But yes, it will be nice to hit the 1 million. With all that said about it being easier now, there's still not that many people who have it as far as I know on TA. So that would be a short-term goal. Uh, maybe I could do it like X the Hero style and just hit the million and then play what I want to play. But we'll see. We'll see. Nah. Shh. <laughs> can dream. That's true. But it was a good question. I think that raising completion percentage and making leaderboard progress, they're all fun stuff that we try to do. And it's it's very hard to focus on all of them at once. So I think I'm just going to retire from random to-do list and play 90-hour RPGs. Is that what you want me to say, Kenny? A bigger lie has never been told. (laughs) I don't expect you to ever do that. (laughs) Just like I don't ever expect you to break your achievement streak. I miss miss those days, though. Those were my favorite games growing up with the the, uh, SNES RPGs, I got to say. I kind of miss them in some capacity, but those could still be played. 
And that's a whole other discussion, like yeah. how your tastes change as you continue to game and experience other things and what your available time is or what you view your available time as being. Um, so that that's a whole other line we can go down at some point uh, with we'll, regard to that sort of thing. We'll probably go down it during the game showcase. <laughs> I also just wanted to, I just took a quick look, a quick look on TA <laughs> <laughs> and um, it looks like currently insofar as registered true achievements users, there are 617 people over the 1 million mark. I was just about to say that. Oh, yeah, I okay. apologize, Kenny. So I need to. Are no, you good? <laughs> uh, so I'm shooting for that top thousand, I guess. Sure. We'll go there. Yeah, it's still Probably. a pretty exclusive group when you really think about uh, Gamerscore globally. Yeah, I mean, there's if if you have over a million gamer score, the chance of you not being on TA is probably slim to none. Mm-hmm. Like, what well, I mean, let's add ten people in the world who have a right. million gamer score and, and aren't on TA. Right. You're you're still in a very upper percentage. And I took a look also just for curiosity's sake. There's still another two hundred people. That have over nine hundred thousand. So, how many there's Six hundred people that are over a million. You still have another two hundred that are just you know knocking on that door and are real close. That's it. Wow. Yeah, that's that's it. It's so there's definitely there's probably some number, uh, low much lower, right? Somewhere around a hundred thousand, probably below almost definitely below where really everybody's clumped up and you don't get too many people that are in this middle. There's that big, just like when you look at um, completion uh, achievement distribution charts on games that are relatively tough to complete. Cause they have that one tough completion, how like 20% of all users have that completion, but then there's, there's that one <laughs> missing. It's sort of the same. You're going to see smaller groups at like 900,000. Cause those people intend to get to 1 million. They're going to keep right. pushing through. Yeah. I remember, there being a thing came out from Microsoft a couple of years ago um, talking about like the average gamer score mm-hmm. throughout throughout the entire community, obviously not just TA, just everyone that has a Microsoft account. And if I recall correctly, the average gamer score was like 30,000, which is absolutely nothing. Like you can get that in a couple of hours if you really wanted to. That actually sounds high. For the average gamer score, because there are so many people who create an account and play one game, and they, they just play the yearly Call of Duty or whatever. Yeah, I think for the most part at this point, it's just you know, so many people have had their tags for so long that mm-hmm. you get you know, three hundred gamer score out of the game or so. After a while, you just get to that thirty thousand kind of easy. Some games obviously give you more. Some games give you less. Mm-hmm. Then you have people like Redemption bring up the average for everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh. That was a good question. And real quick, I don't know if, if it's shouted out or not, but thank you to Devin who's been posting these for the patrons and uh, making sure that the discussion starts and patrons have the weekend to kind of ruminate on the topic and and give us answers so that's been awesome so thank you for making sure those questions get asked and thank you again to the patrons for jumping in and giving us all these great answers so that we can uh, have these discussion segments at the beginning of every show yep 
Thank you, Devin. And also, if you want to chime into this, you can become a patron. Mm-hmm. We talk about this in the patron VIP chat in the Discord. I think uh, our patrons actually suggested next week's question, or mm-hmm. at least a question that's upcoming too. So it doesn't just come from uh, yes. us or from Devin, uh, you know, or whatever, just you know, out of a hat. Uh, if we can get them from patrons too, so <laughs> patrons are encouraged to ask the question oh, yeah. of the week. Absolutely. Yeah, if, you, if you're a patron, you got even the Canadian a question ones. or some sort of a topic that you would like us to discuss. By all means, let us know. We'll throw it in the queue. Yeah. I saw a question by a Canadian patron for next week, but it was about like poutine and moose, and I don't know if it's relevant. Hey, I like <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> what are those antlers growing poutine. out of your head? <laughs> All right, let's continue on into the game showcase. Uh, Nate, you got up first. Yeah, I played a little game that I'm pretty sure we've never talked about before. It's Outriders. Never heard of it. Wait Whoa. a minute. I, I listen I'll to every episode of every show, and it has never been discussed about as a single-player game. Uh, we have talked about it before. Because it's not. Uh, I've talked about it as a uh, multiplayer game, a partied game, uh, one where one carries other people through the game. No. Um, but uh, <laughs> I played it as a single-player experience, and I'll tell you why. And I'm not bitter. Uh, I have a group. Um, a four-person group, and we play a game on Wednesday nights. And um, those guys decided that I was big-timing them, as, as they call it, big-timing. <laughs> meaning I was recording a podcast on Tuesday, so it was a perfect time for them to kick me out of the four-man and run a three-man on a Tuesday night. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so That yeah, really so needs a sad music bitter. bed underneath it. I, I'm feeling I'm so hurt, my heart. So for, for this and any other game, that, that for some crazy reason goes from the, the standard formula of four player down to three player. Uh, those games will be played on Tuesday nights uh, by my group, I'm guessing. Now, did so you want to. Odd man. Did you want to name those people or just like. Of course not. They, okay, no, they're not no, worth I'm, mentioning. I'm way too big time for them. You're not, okay, they they're not me. worth mentioning. I understand. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I understand. We'll just call them one, two, and three for now. Yeah, we'll call them Little Time One, Little Time Two. <laughs> and Patriots Suck. Little Time Three. Oh. Yes. So, <laughs> so back to talking about me um, and Outriders, the game that I played. Oh, boy. <laughs> I really enjoyed this game. Um, it's it's really fun. Um, and it kind of got me into wanting to play this game with other people, which is which is odd, right? Um, but I have been enjoying my, my single-player experience. I initially picked it up, of course, as I do when things hit Game Pass. I tend to just you know, dip my toe in in the first week or so. Uh, and I thought, that, hey, this is kind of fun. I really like third-person shooters. I think I probably like third-person shooters better than I like first-person shooters. Um, I just like that over-the-shoulder, um, especially when you can switch which shoulder you're looking over. That's great. Um, I just like them better than first-person shooters. You can do so, that. Um, yeah, so I just really enjoyed this. Uh, I had started off as a pyromancer, um, and that was okay. And I was told uh, by some people and by the internet that the technomancer is actually the big-time damage dealer. So I switched to that when I decided to pick this game back up. Because uh, Freem, who is no way a little timer, a uh, tiny timer, um, <laughs> that stood me up. Fantastic in, timer. In no way. Uh, he has been keeping track of Game Pass games and when things are going to go off, and he has been saying that Outriders is probably going to be off Game Pass very soon. Mm-hmm. 
So I took that uh, a couple Uh-oh. weeks ago or a month ago or t- whatever as, okay, I, I see, that, you know, some people are playing it and I should probably jump on it as well. So I started uh, and I've just been cruising through it uh, when I have time. Um, this has been my main game uh, while I've been having little side games uh, when I wasn't chasing, <laughs> game, uh, you know, game pass leavings and stuff like that. This is what I've been coming back to. So I'm really close <laughs> to the end game now. I just hit max level 30. Uh, I'm doing world tiers. So um, world tiers basically increase the difficulty, but they also increase the rewards. Uh, And you have to gain experience in each world tier in order to progress to the next. So I'm currently world tier nine and a half going to 10. Um, And it's all been single player so far. And uh, luckily just I've been able to do research and, you know, gain, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I kind of know the good path to go through, you know, with, with the Technomancer. It's a great for a solo person to play because you can just melt things. Um, and I also learned about this uh, farming method uh, that you can do. Uh, basically, you know, it was for Pyromancer. Or I'm sorry, a Technomancer, but um, I think anybody can do it. Um, so I, I just started doing that recently and, I'm, you know, building up my gear to get endgame gear. So I'm, I'm at the point where I think I can start pushing for end game and have the full completion. And I might, um, well, there's one or two achievements that require multi-party or multiplayer. So I will go in and do those. Um, that's just like complete a level or something like that. Uh, and so I'll do that. And then that should be the completion, but it's been a very enjoyable game. The achievements are, um, fairly spaced out. Uh, there's, there's a lot of end game stuff. Um, like completing all the quests, doing all the huntings, uh, doing all the um, contract killings. <laughs> and if you save those for the end game, um, when you open the rewards for for completing each one of those missions, you get gear that is at your level. So you can get them you know, as you're going, and that'll kind of get you up to the next level of damage or whatever. Or you can wait to the end and hope that that gear is really, really good. So that's kind of what I've been doing with the last four or five in each one of those categories. So I'm really close to the point where I'm just going to start pushing up that world tier, get to the, you know, the max level for that. Uh, and then just hope that all my gear that I've been saving, uh, is gets me over the, gets me over the hump. But yeah, it's been a great game. It's got me interested in going back and, um, doing other things like, uh, the division and the division two. Like I never finished the division because it required a party. So, uh, I think that was way back at my, beginning of starting to play with people um so at that time i hadn't found like a group um so it'd be nice to go back and and go in and finish up the division with a group and then move on to division two and so on and so forth is this game similar to the division i always thought it was more like a destiny like Uh, or is it just kind of its own floaty i i can't get over the floatiness of destiny it's like gears um, and destiny i would say I was going to say it's like a mix between Gears and The Division. Oh, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's what they feel. It feels like to me because both of those are over the shoulder, whereas Destiny is uh, first person, right? Right. If I remember, yeah, yeah, it's first person yeah. shooter. Man, so, that's um, so long. So yeah, so I just I, I think it's a good mix of those two, and it actually got me wanting to play Gears Five, uh, Gears Four. So I just I really highly recommend Gears Five. Yeah, this is third person. Really, really want to go check out those games, um, but of course. I'm going to get pulled off and certainly by no game that we're going to be talking about later. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah. But so Outriders, oh boy. it's a great game. 
and you know, it was in Game Pass. I think a lot of people overlooked it because it was in Game Pass. And it is a solid experience. Yeah, I enjoyed our time with Outriders too. We didn't get through the campaign as yet, but we've played a solid enough chunk of it that like every time we jump back into it, it always starts with, oh, let's just try to get the next mission done. Let's just try to do this next thing. And and that starts in oh wait, there there's a hunt over here. Let's let's just do that real quick. Oh, there's a historian quest over here. Let's just do that real quick. And the gameplay, mm-hmm. the the use of magic type skills, like with the pyromancer or the technomancer where you're using fire. It's not just that you use fire magic, that fire magic heals you. So you sort of use it mm-hmm. strategically to be able to stay in the battle if you're paying attention to things. There's a lot of uh, modifications on the weapons you use, and those modifications on the weapons will cause things like freezing effects on enemies. And you, when you're playing in multiplayer especially, you sort of combine these things, and it's just, it, it plays so nicely. Like, I don't know a better way to say that, but the gameplay is just, it's fun. Uh, so, yeah. It, it is. And that's one of the things I learned um, was... You know, there are a couple of YouTubers that were really into it and like the theory crafting and saying, okay, you want to get gear that has these stats primarily, and then you want to get these mods that uh, allow you to survive more or do more crit damage and those sorts of things. And that's really what's helping me be able to push the end game solo, mm-hmm. even into those challenge tiers, those challenge world tiers that are at the very, very end. So I'm about to, to dip into those and see, you know, well, do I need to people aside for dedicated time or can i do most of this by myself and i think that's that speaks to one of the things outriders does very well is because you can play it starts on just like a story tier which i think is just tier zero which is pretty much you just go in and you just murder everything and then it goes all the way up to 12 does that sound correct or is i know you said you're at nine and a half yeah i think wow. i think it goes all the way up to 15 15 okay but everything it's, like it's, we're on two for reasons that don't have anything to do with me, but I won't get into that too much. So. <laughs> Dang. There's all kinds of shots being fired. Man. Um, but you you can choose the, the tier that fits the way you want to play the game, and you can change that throughout the game. And as Kush already said, that will affect the awards you get. But if, if you're just feeling like you want to just run in again and, and just run and gun and do what you have to do, you can. If you're feeling you want to hang back and play the game differently, you can. And it's not just legendary difficulty, normal difficulty, and casual. It, it's on such a nice like slope of difficulty that it feels super accessible no matter how you're looking to play the game. And it is kind of a shame that, you like you said, it went kind of under the radar for some people because it just sort of, you know popped into game pass which was wonderful but i think that caused a lot of people to sleep on it as well oh yeah i actually i don't going solo i basically just kept the world tiers just auto incrementing okay until i got to um they're not the end bosses but they are like i think three or four bosses from the end i had to back down one or two world tiers in order to be able to beat them okay um and i'm okay with that because once i once i beat them i just jacked it back all the way up uh, and uh, I'm doing okay again. And, and now I didn't know the strategy for, you know, maxing my damage and stuff. And basically, if you saw a piece of gear that had higher numbers, you took it. You didn't really pay too much attention to the mods and making sure that the mods played well together. Uh, and that's that's what I have to do for this end game. But one thing, I don't know if it was discussed way back when, but the pathfinding. Did you have a, an opinion on that? What do you mean? And there's a... 
Go ahead. So when you have a mission, um, you, you select what your active mission is, and you can push up on the DM, mm-hmm, right? And it'll do like the little glowing light yep. follows, and it's it's pretty cool light. I, I do I do like the way it moves, but a lot of times it will go through a wall that you can't progress through. Really, <laughs> it'll go through like this little either Weird. because of the story you haven't opened it up yet, or because you don't have the right active mission or something. But several times I've had it like point through like a little pass that I can't go through, and I just have to run around until it changes the way it goes until it's rerouting, rerouting. And I <laughs> finally, I can finally go around the correct way. And I don't know if that was just me or if other people experienced well, that. Well, that was especially the case. There's one achievement in Outriders called the Outriders Legacy. Or fin- I don't know if it's called the Outriders Legacy, but it's for completing the Outriders Legacy, which is a series of submissions, uh, optional missions that you can choose to do. And that happens all the time when you pick that as a quest, because that, particular set of missions is meant to tell the story of what happened with the Outriders. And it's not going to tell you that all at once. It's going to tell you that as you open up different levels. So yes, absolutely. I know what you've what you're talking about where you're like, all right, this is cool. I'm going to do this. And then it's, it's not even just that you hit a wall. Um, Frequently, the way that you traverse between segments of things in Outriders is there'll be a little, um, a little cliff you have to jump across or a, a wall you have to shimmy through. And for some reason you are incapable of doing that until the game decides, okay, now's the time. So you're looking at it going, I know I can do this. It's just not ready yet. So I, yeah, we've definitely experienced that too. Well, at least I have. But it does a great job of, of bad guy go boom, like mm-hmm. the explosion <laughs> and all the powers are super cool. I mean that you can, you can shoot people and, uh, lightning will shoot down from the sky to hit them, and uh, you can just have like fire tornadoes, and uh, it's just insane. Uh, it's very cool, and should not be overlooked. Should not be overlooked. Agreed. Yeah. So going back to what you were saying, it looks like this came out April first. I can't believe that's when uh, Michelle and I first talked about it. <sighs> yeah, I think she was on that episode with me. It was a year I believe ago. So. Yeah, the Destiny part comes from the inventory screen, basically. The, uh, the mm-hmm. reminds me of Destiny. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Basically the same screen. And, uh, right, where it's like functions more like a mouse and keyboard sort of menu where you have a cursor you hover over as opposed to snapping over the items, that kind of thing, just like Destiny. Yeah, and the whole thing with the buying, finding the weapons is the exact same thing and the dismantling of items and all that stuff is just the same. From what I recall, a little hint so there, kind of like a conglomeration of all, of all these like yeah, games right. like that. I know what this hint's going to be. Go ahead. <laughs> I might have given this hint out before. Yes, if you hit down on the D-pad, that'll collect all the stuff. I don't remember if I told. I think I told your group that one night, one day. Yeah, yeah. You jumped into the group and told them, and repeatedly told them. <laughs> is, is that what they told you? <laughs> Yeah, that's what they told well, me. But they're a bunch of liars, so I, and and uh, you know backstabbers, jerks. And, uh, well, imagine and little whatever. timers. They are little timers, yeah. and we don't they're have to give timers. them time. That's that's it. We've given them too much. Right. Imagine too much time. jumping into that party and trying to talk over certain people there that make me look quiet, like a certain <laughs> Patriot suck guy. Like, yeah, so I have to repeat myself several times. But yes, if you hit down on the D pad, it picks up all the loot. You don't have to go searching for it. Well, we go. that's very nice. That's a very helpful tip. It is a helpful tip. I'm sure you don't actually do it, but it's a helpful tip. So, yeah, that was Outriders. Outriders. Oh, a month month or two. Probably. 
Probably. Probably. Do you think they're going to get rid of it? Because we. Um, I don't know. Looks like it's on I, yeah, sale. According to frame. Looks like it's on sale for 1979. Uh, I mean, Square Games about a uh, year seems like kind of where they wind up landing. So we're in the danger I mean, zone either they, way. Yeah, who knows how the, the money is made there. Right. But, um, yeah, I would. A year seems about right. Yeah, especially because this is one that launched into Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, L, what games do you want to talk about? All right. The first game I wanted to talk about is a game that caught me a little bit off guard uh, called Ultimate Ski Jumping 2020. Now, I remember getting this back in, I don't know, 2020. And <laughs> way back when. Whoever else got it. Yeah, I know. Whoever else got it, uh, basically what we did was the online achievement, which is just to play one game online, which of course takes about two seconds and it's you know a two plus ratio because that's how TA goes. Who who wants to play online? I know people. <laughs> uh, I think I even did it with Kushmoose. I'm gonna say I did, but he can correct me. I remember there's just a crazy there's a crazy loading screen takes forever and the word loading in tiny tiny print uh yeah so the game is very simple there's two types of controls classic and realistic uh classic you just hit a to time your jump when you're going down the slope and then you hit a again to land and that's it uh you can also adjust your person in mid-air unfortunately you can't do any like crazy tricks and flips and stuff like that that would be really fun but it's just jumping and then the realistic mode is you're hitting a and b together to control both legs and then hit them both i know so the achievements are are mostly in the grindy sense you're doing 10 matches on the normal they're doing 10 matches in classic and you have to win 50 times and then you have to win 250 times now, in the process Eesh, of winning 50 times, yours. you'll probably get the other grand achievement to get 10,000 total money. And a hint there is to not spend any of the money until you get 10,000, as it's 10,000 in the bank total, not uh, cumulative. Because it's another achievement for buying an outfit. And I saw some people in the comments saying, oh, crap, I wish I knew that. I wasted money on an outfit. I should have done that after. So um, there's, there's a campaign that has 10 uh, levels with poorly written... Uh, English dialogue, <laughs> and it's really not that hard. When, once you get the hang of it, you, you get the timing down, you get it done. Uh, there's one achievement I have an issue with, which is to win 250 times. So as it stands, I'm done with all the other achievements, and I don't even have 100 wins yet. So now I have to sit there and grind out 150 more wins. How much? Or how long is a race? It's not long. But you have to go, like, there's a, a solution to go into the shortest race on easy, and you'll win most every time, even if you fall down and bail. It might take a minute or two each run, but then you have to go back into the menu, select all the settings again, and then go from there. You can't just hit restart and do it again. So it's just tedious. It's tedious. I imagine a certain other panelist over here did it uh, with the help of a nephew. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that is, I was telling Michelle, like, this is the perfect 
achievement to have a Cronus. And so I had to bring this up and, and talk about it on the show. Sounds like you need to get yourself a nephew. Um, are they, you know, below a hundred dollars yet? Like they're just expensive, right? Uh-huh. Are they findable? What they sixty bucks? Well, I haven't looked in a while, but uh, <laughs> I heard I you say they were. I heard during the, the pandemic. Max, I think it's like sixty. <laughs> I heard during the pandemic you were buying all the toilet paper, milk, and Cronuses. Is that true? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> That's true. what I heard. <laughs> I just imagine, you know, we're not not a video podcast, but I just imagine someone editing like toilet paper and then like Cronus, Cronos uh, the guy in discord like an image there <laughs> showing up at your door oh no no something to... <laughs> actually useful the cronus oh ouch Ooh. ouch <laughs> you, you leave ex povos alone <laughs> but um man i got the title for this podcast it's well, the podcast where shots are fired <laughs> uh, it looks like a cronus <laughs> max uh on amazon can be purchased for 110 dollars oh Maybe they're not. That is not less than $100 neat. Yeah, I seem to remember it was about 60 when I got mine. I think that's how much it was when I got mine. Yeah. You have one? You don't have like... Anyway, there's... <laughs> the, <last laughs> thing, <laughs> that. the last thing I wanted to mention is that... So it is uh, worth 1700 plus TA, so it's actually a pretty good uh, G-Test game for a true achievement difference score. The uh, 250 wins alone, I think, is worth 400 of it, just about. But uh, I see this game go on sale for like five bucks or 250 pretty often, so I would grab it then. It's actually not as bad as it seems. And that's Ultimate Ski Jumping 2020, which is just like my vision and Barbara Walters' vision, too. That was terrible. I agree. Go to Michelle and jump back to me. All right. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> okay. That's Next just case, rude. Go ahead, Michelle. Ooh, sandwich. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about a game that isn't super recent. Um, as I have noted elsewhere on the panel, I think, before, and as I have mentioned frequently in Discord, I participate annually in Better Completions Matter. I'm not very good at it because I'm not very good at completing games. But one thing I really started to enjoy doing was going after the random game selector game every month. So once a month in Better Completions Matter, you get one game drawn from your collection. And the goal is to try to complete it that month. I completed all 12 last year. Didn't intend to do it again this year. But first month, I drew Celeste, which was great. I only had two achievements left. Last month, I drew Lost Words, which is also great. Real short, inoffensive, pretty enjoyable Game Pass game. So this month, I got the curveball of Tomb Raider Underworld. For those, All right. Yeah, so little history lesson on Tomb Raider Underworld. Uh, back you know, in the PlayStation 1 games, we had the original Tomb Raider trilogy, and all was fine with that. And then the series sort of kept pumping out games, but they weren't very good. So before we had this new set of Tomb Raider games, the ones that everybody really loves, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, just Tomb Raider. There was actually a (laughs) set of relaunched games in 2006 or so that was actually kind of the first attempt at a franchise reboot. And these were Tomb Raider Legend, Anniversary, and Underworld. This is unfortunately also the reason why Crystal Dynamics is no longer allowed to develop Legacy of Kane games. 
But here we are. <laughs> Tomb Raider Underworld plays like old Tomb Raider games. Now, I don't have a lot of experience with the newer ones that everybody really likes because I don't typically choose to play good games, apparently. Mm, you're missing out. But uh, hopefully I will get there at some point. Tomb Raider Underworld plays like those older games. So what does that mean? It's a lot of traversing around ancient sort of ancient historical sites. It, I think at some point the very the older ones have a lot of block pushing puzzles. I haven't encountered that so much yet in Tomb Raider Underworld. One of the hooks of Underworld is it was meant to be more open world, which means, of course, that they launch you into the very first level and you spend almost the entire time underwater, which is never really a great portent. No. But I have to say so far, it's it's okay. It's it's pretty enjoyable for what it is. It, it is very much a Tomb Raider game. You're raiding tombs, so to speak. But you're also kind of uncovering some of the background of what happened to Lara's mom in the earlier games in that relaunched set of games. I don't believe this impacts the more current ones in any way, because again, they're reboots. But I have two problems with this Tomb Raider Underworld. Problem number one is the camera sucks. It is so yes. bad. You try to look around a corner and things are going all over the place. And I get confused because I'm thinking, well, as you know, I'm one of those weirdos that inverts controls, no matter what. And I'll move the camera around and go, oh, this all feels weird. So then I'll pause the game, go into options, and it has magically uninverted itself. Oh, I would goodness. think that this is just me. Except for Elle has actually been helping me with the game being a, a guide reader so that I'm not monitoring both. And he saw this several times when we were hanging out over the weekend. How I would stop on a ledge and just keep looking up and down and up and down go into options, and wouldn't you know, my inversion had uninverted itself. It is infuriating. Because it's bad enough in old Tomb Raider games when you're trying to jump from a little pile of rocks onto a handhold, and you wind up jumping to your death. But when you're yep. struggling with the bad cameras and your inversion suddenly undoing itself, oh, it is, it is unfortunate because I'm actually enjoying the game otherwise. One of the achievements in Tomb Raider Underworld does force you to play the game on the hardest difficulty, but Tomb Raider games, as Chewie pointed out to me, are not combat heavy. So if you just take it slow and fight in the few portions where you have to fight, most of the game is still just traversal. So it's really not too bad to play on the hardest difficulty. But you can't fall very far when you're on the hardest difficulty because you take a lot of damage. And and that that has been my biggest issue, is this perpetual falling because the camera sucks and the inversion keeps on inverting itself. That aside, if you're not like me dealing with inversion issues, <laughs> um, it's it's fine. It's one of those deals where if you're going to play Tomb Raider Underworld, unfortunately, this probably isn't a, an available option for most people. I wouldn't play this after you played the new Tomb Raider games. <laughs> um, yeah. And I haven't played enough of the newer Tomb Raider. Now, Kenny, you had played the Tomb Raider, the PS1 Tomb Raider games, right? Like, oh yeah, you had history with the franchise. I, I have played some of Tomb Raider, the start of the recent reboots. They play pretty differently, correct? Like the new one plays more like an, a just a straight action adventure. It's less sliding puzzles and or sliding blocks and things like that, right? Oh yeah, the older ones are more. I think they're more puzzle, whereas the new ones are more just 
an adventure game, almost like more akin to like an Assassin's Creed, but like not as stealthy, obviously. Where there are puzzles in the new ones in the reboot, but they're it's the game isn't puzzle heavy, whereas the old ones it is very much puzzle he- heavy. And it, you know, it's it's good that you mentioned Assassin's Creed because as I was playing Underworld, I was like, look at how you clamor around these these walls and these surfaces. It it's very much like Assassin's Creed, uh, and I played the original set of Tomb Raiders when they were new, but many years ago and don't have a memory of them really. But you can see a lot of that sort of DNA in the way they were thinking about developing Assassin's Creed as well. Because I want to say Tomb Raider Underworld, it might have come out a little after. Let me, oops, let me actually just check real quick. Trying to just get November 18th, uh, 2008. Okay, and Assassin's, Underworld came out. Assassin's Creed came out in 2007. So I honestly do not remember enough of Legend and Anniversary. But you can you can see that sort of imprinting in the design where it's like, oh, okay, this is how we can – one informed the other because there is a lot of similarity in how they attempt to play with the same like looking up to the left and hoping to grab a handhold and missing it and falling to your doom. Right. And – Legends I haven't played. I imagine it's very similar to Underworld, but Anniversary is actually a remaster of the right. very first Tomb Raider came out on a PS1. Right. I mean, I just... So, I Anniversary finished. is just that, but with more quality of life stuff. It's not as headache-inducing because of poor controls. Right. I finished Tomb Raider Legend in 2008. I really don't have any memories of it at this point. I mean, that was 14 years ago. It's terrifying. But um, but yeah, <laughs> Tomb Raider Underworld is is fine. Camera quibbles aside, it is fine at what it's trying to do. It is definitely a product of its era in terms of the design and the look. But it it plays like more or less how you would expect it to. If you like the newer Tomb Raider games, I don't know that I would advise going back because it plays differently enough. No. That that's not really what you're looking for. Tomb Raider Underworld definitely plays style wise is more akin to early Assassin's Creed games than it is to the current Tomb Raider games. But it's it's a backwards compatible title, which makes it much easier to access. And it it plays just fine. It's I'm enjoying my time with it despite my frustrations. So hopefully I'll keep plugging away at it and get it done within the month. But uh, yeah, that's Tomb Raider Underworld. All right, quick question. Yes. What Xbox version do you have? What Xbox version do I have? Yeah, are you playing an OG, a series? I'm playing on the Series X. Okay. Via backwards compatibility. Do you have a standard controller or do you have the Series X controller? I have the Series X controller. Have you looked at the options for inverting the Y stick axis? So... I, oh. I had done that in the past, um, <laughs> and what happened is that with some of the backwards compatible titles, especially with cloud saving, they already knew like what my inversion was, so those games were playing backwards, so I wound up not inverting it in there. So mm-hmm. I could go back, because really it's just an option, a, a click, and that's true. Maybe doing it that way where it's built in will stop that. I just don't know that it will, because it's, it's something within the game itself. Like, you switch it to yes, and it switches back to no. I'm guessing if you keep it on no, it won't switch to yes. So yeah, I, I, it, it yeah, could be worth trying. 
I would assume because that would be really horrible for uh, air quotes. Uh, normal people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know. You're really frustrated for them. I know. Look, so, but yeah, I think a system level invert would work better. So I, yeah, I, this is the second time in recent memory where somebody went just uh, Tarragon had or uh, uh, Spaceman had also said for some other game, like, why don't you just do it in the internal? I'm like, oh, I've done it before, but, but you know what? Maybe enough things are happening now where it's time to just go in and, and change that setting uh, internally. So I'll give that a try and I'll report back and let you know if that seems to have fixed the issue. Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I mean, the, the controls will always have, like, as Kenny could attest to immediately, the cameras have always been awful in those early Tomb Raiders. That's not going to be so fixed. bad. But that extra layer of difficulty, if I can remove it, would probably make the gameplay experience quite a bit smoother. I will let you know. You know that uh, when you got up to go to the bathroom, I would just switch the setting back, right, Michelle? Um, I'm pretty sure you <laughs> didn't do that because I'm not sure you actually know how to navigate the menu. Oh, right. But. Um, <laughs> Batten Batten zero today. Beat me to it. I know, I know. Came ready. I was prepared. But yeah, the. Uh, <laughs> The enemies killed you, I think, zero times, and it was all just from falling or yeah. like nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's the hallmark to these older Tomb Raider games. It very much is exploration first, and then oh look, we'll throw a bat in there to so you have something to shoot. It's either a bat or a huge dinosaur. There's no in between. <laughs> no, the, <laughs> this game was uh, was tigers. <laughs> tigers are were the the well, yes. wildlife enemy of choice so far. <laughs> Tigers, there's zombies in the series. <laughs> Zombie tigers, Aren't there dinosaurs, I'm not flaming lions, that, right? dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are in the yeah. earlier game, yeah. I think. Um, T Rex was in the first, yeah. right? That's Quick, the worst. Uh, quickly wanted to know because I didn't note this at all before with the achievements in Tomb Raider Underworld. There are a lot of collectibles in the game. There are treasures you have to find throughout the stages, and there are relics you have to find. And quite a number of the achievements are attached to that. You can go back into levels, so that's awesome. There oh, are perfect. a couple of missable achievements. These involve diving. So Tomb Raider games have long had this thing where you know you find the highest thing you can possibly jump off of, and you do a swan dive, which you do by pressing A and then pressing B right away, and the dive animation is different. So there is an achievement attached to finding three different dive points, and you have to find all three within one play of the game to get one of those achievements. And there's another set of achievements for uh, – I haven't gotten up to that point yet, so I'm not 100% sure, but you have to race from one part of an area to another in like 45 seconds or 50 seconds. But that's another issue where you have to do all three of them in a single playthrough. And with that one in particular – you have to make sure you do them in order on a single save file or it will glitch. You do have four save files you can choose to create checkpoints on, which is awesome. If you're worried about falling off of something, that's been very helpful. But if you do the first one of these speed trap type things and then you save that on save one and then you go to save two and you save the second one, you might glitch yourself out of getting that achievement on that playthrough and it is fairly deep in. So just beware of that if you're looking at the achievements. There is a great walkthrough on TA that lays out everything. And it's one of those walkthroughs that's possibly a little annoying because it'll lay out stuff that's obvious for you. Like, jump on this box, then grab this handhold, then shimmy to the right. Like, you literally can't do anything else. But it's <laughs> it's good because it is so thorough. It lays out exactly where all of the collectibles are. 
So if you're looking to do this in one run, that's a great way to do it. Otherwise, if you don't want to use walkthrough, keep in mind those couple of missables. And then you can always go back into the levels once you're done to pick up collectibles you missed. All right. In that case, uh, let's continue on. Ooh. Let's get in. Yes, Al? We have more games to talk about, mister. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you want to talk about? I was excited to talk about a game that was fun. Oh, my God. I said, Um. Yeah, so there is a game um, called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutants in Manhattan. It is from 2016, and unfortunately, it was delisted from the digital marketplace. But the physical, there is a physical uh, version, which unfortunately I had to get. (laughs) And Michelle had to get. And Prue also has it. And we had to find a fourth sucker. I mean, friend who had it as well. And we came across Mr. Icefire TN. So we suckered. I mean, we asked him to play with us and he did. And we wound up and, you know, the online still works, thankfully. And it's uh, from Platinum Games, which uh, Michelle says is good. I don't know. Mm hmm. It is good. It is good. <laughs> I promise you that it's good. So, I know you don't play AAA games, but if you ever did, Vanquish um, and Bayonetta are really, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that. And I pro. did not play near <laughs> Automata, but Kenny did, and he spoke it's, about it's, it. It's Autotomata. Come on. And he seemed to enjoy that, too. So Platinum is a quality, quality developer. Right. Yes. Right, right. So one thing I could say right off the bat is that the animation is superb. Um, the action is fast and furious. The music is chaotic, crazy. It's just, you know, the Turtles have a distinct, unique art style to any uh, other version of the Turtles. So definitely, but definitely Turtles game. Is that game. bad? I don't know. I don't know. It's always ever-changing. Some of the foreheads look weird and just, I don't know. You don't really notice that unless they're cutscenes. No, you noticed that. <laughs> I was yeah. saying when we were playing oh. the other day, like Donatello really, really looks like a human being cosplaying as Donatello. It, it's yes. just the art and style. Now I is, need to look this up. Is <laughs> it's not bad. It looks fine when it's in motion, but his still character portrait—that's always what I see—is somebody who's just about to go to Comic Con, ready in his best Donatello, and it's a really good Donatello suit. It's just <laughs> you know, it's a human being looking like Donatello. Uh, right off the bat, we're like, you know, if you go on TA, it says it's a 60 to 80 hour completion. So it's like, what the heck is this? If you do a little research, you find wow. out it's mostly grindy achievements. You're going to have to replay the levels over and over and over. Um, you know, I think you're going to get collectibles. You're going to get uh, charms. You're going to get points towards this and upgrades towards that. So I think there's a lot of that. We wound up playing the first five out of nine levels mm-hmm. last yeah. night. And you can select any level you want, even from the start. You don't have to go in order for whatever reason. But we did, of course, go in order. Uh, as far as achievements go, 
Um, the only real high ratio one was uh, doing something during a boss battle, just shooting at the light, which they show you how to do during the tutorial. And that was a two ratio. Um, there's an achievement for all four turtles to simultane uh, simultaneously touch contaminated water, which would probably be difficult if you were playing single player. Because if you're playing single player, you find out in the tutorial, it's kind of like those games where you say, follow me, or go over there, or, go fight. So is there a, a genre term for that kind of game where you're like ordering around the, uh, the AI? That sort of squad-based um, gameplay. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. So like in Halo 5, I think you do that. And yeah. Some, some other games like that. Uh, so yeah, so far so good. Um, I know there's collectibles, but I'm not quite sure how they work. Did you get a sense of that, Michelle? Um, there are... So the, the nine levels are kind of, sort of, open world, but not really. They are self-inclusive, but they're not completely linear. So the first level, for example, you're you're in a city and you really can go anywhere within this city, but you have certain uh, certain events you have to do in order to get through and eventually progress to the boss at the end. As you explore these areas, I think they're actually cards. We found two last night. And when you're playing in multiplayer, it just takes for any one of the players to find it and it collects for everybody. Or at least that's what I think had happened. So Prue had found one on top of a tall building that was out of the way. And while Prue was like, hey, guys, I found a collectible. I went over to go see if I could collect the collectible as well. And I found another one along the way. So when I got up to where Prue was, the collectible was no longer there for me. So there there are some things in co-op that do trigger together. So certain, you know, if you're finishing enemies and things like that. But there are also things that track separately. The tracking is definitely a little difficult to peg down in mutants in Manhattan. So, mm-hmm. for example, there's one achievement for sh- – there are these uh, purple lasers in some levels, and you can just uh, shoot a shuriken at the middle, and they'll explode. There's an achievement for destroying 30 of those. One of us got it last night because the other three clearly have not hit that 30 threshold yet. Uh, also, in ga- the achievement tracker is a little weird, so it tracks some things, like um, there's one for defending 10 pizza stands, that has tracking, but there's one for walking 32 miles, and that does not have tracking. So it's inconsistent in the way that it tracks the achievements as well. Right. Because the achievement for uh, hitting the light that I spoke of earlier did pop for all four of us, so it was inconsistent, right. like you said. But we're going to be playing the levels over and over anyway. And so far it's fun, but we were playing on easy. Uh, to be noted, there's an achievement for beating the game on either easy or normal, as well as an achievement for beating it on hard, which I believe do not stack. But that's okay because then we do stupid things like play on hard right away and wind up getting frustrated. So, uh, well, unlike this- a certain other game we've been playing, easy mode felt easy ish. and we did die and you could just um if you go down and out you basically play a pizza eating mini game and you come back so i guess as long as all four of you don't die at the same time which never happened to us i don't think uh, you're okay no it didn't happen what's great though is when you do run out of pizza right you wind up in your shell just kind of flailing around on the ground and the way that you get revived is another turtle comes and flips you over 
which is yes. just fantastic. <laughs> so just kind of a neat little thing. And the game is, is fun. It is definitely, uh, I, I can't remember if it was Prue or Icefire who noted that the game has a lot of mechanics for a Turtles game. Usually Turtles games are sort of just go in and, and mash B or, you know, Y for your strong attack and, and you should be good. It's not overwhelming. It definitely plays a little differently than your typical Turtles game does. The big concern really is is it does look to be very, very grindy. So hopefully it doesn't outstay its welcome. But so far, it's it's been a blast. I just yeah. watched a video of some gameplay and your uh, description of someone cosplaying as a turtle is spot on. <laughs> and I just, oh my God, I just bust out laughing. That was hilarious. That's so good. <laughs> The writing yeah, is in the game too, though. Sorry, Al. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we did laugh several times during the cutscenes. It's very much like whoever wrote the game definitely understood the the humor and the general tone that the turtles strike when they're in mass media. So that's been very good. Right, Donatello's extra nerdy, Raphael's extra sarcastic, Michelangelo's extra stoner, and Leonardo's extra useless. So yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, that's it's about right. Absolutely perfect. Yeah, unfortunately, the one thing I have to say is that if you look on eBay, used copies of this game are going for $50 plus. So that's Ooh. insane. 50 Yeah. So. Jeez, you whiz. Yeah. I, I was lucky to find it before everything went up in price, but now it's just absurd. Wow. Yeah. And I believe there's a 360 stack as well. So get ready. There is. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it backwards compatible? Because if it no, isn't, no, no, no. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't Absolutely know. not. No. Because it's not backwards is... compatible. It's not worth playing. Mm. No, I I can't say one hundred percent sure what everyone's playing on, but I believe all four of us are playing on Series X's, and there are notable loading times going between levels. Not ridiculous, but we're a little spoiled with the Series X about how good it is with loading times. Oh I don't even want to yes. know what it's like on the 360 version it's no thank you no thank you right. indeed thank you platinum games and ugh, activision ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and that was twiddles mutants in manhattan all right well with that let's get on to the next section let's get into some sales uh michelle you're up first so i looked at the list and, you know, I browsed as I do and nothing stood out to me. And then, you know, Koosh has got this ability to like be in your mind when he's looking at sales. Like I think as he's going through them, little like names pop up as he sees the games. And he's like, Matriarch, have you thought about Trenga? And I went, I don't know what that is, Koosh. And I watched one video and now I'm buying Trenga. So Trenga... I guess <laughs> is supposed to be Tetris and Jenga. So oh, interesting. What it looks like. It looks sort of like a Jenga grid. You are putting in blocks in that Jenga grid to create effectively Tetrises to get the box down to zero. So it's a little bit like reverse Jenga. Um, it is, it doesn't look like it's an overwhelming game. It's a six to eight hour completion, according to TA with 1400 TAD. It is currently $3 and 14 cents. Um, which was funny because yesterday was 
Pi Day down from $7.99. But yes, I went from looking at the sales list and going, eh, there's an artifacts game, eh, Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, to, well, now it's not even just a tab. It's in my cart and now in my backlog. Thank you, Koosh. But that's it for me. <laughs> it's your Did fault. You my referral link. That's the question. <laughs> you need one. You, you need for one. real, I think finder's fee. You, <laughs> you know what I think Dude. we need to do? We need to do like um, a patron special thing on like Wednesday or you know Tuesdays at nine o'clock, like a day after the the sales come out, and you can just be on a Zoom call for like an hour, and a patron can step in and go, "Koosh, what should I buy?" And, and you'll <laughs> get them something there to buy, go. and you know break them out of their gaming slump. So, thank you for the recommendation. I look forward to playing yeah. this game. I hope it's good. <laughs> I, I know I pushed it wrong with a pipe push or whatever that thing was. The, but, uh. pipe, you know what? Pipe push in in theory wasn't a bad idea. It just wasn't executed great. So I don't regret my time with pipe push. It was, it was like a little glitchy. So there were some issues with the game that were outside of the game that made it unenjoyable. But the basic premise was fine. So no, no, no negative marks. You know, I, I'm not throwing all the shade today. I'll save that for next week after I've played Trenga. <laughs> trenga trenga i'm gonna go next okay because i just thought of something and uh it'll make sense in a minute so the konami collection games are on sale so contra anniversary castlevania anniversary are five dollars down from 20 castlevania advance is still 15 hello come on needs to go a little cheaper um but I forgot to mention that they announced a Turtles collection like this. I'm so excited. Hi. I'm mm-hmm. very much excited for this as well. I, I, oh, my God. So, and they even said a few of the games are going to be playable online. So, I'm excited for that. It's all the NES, SNES, Game Boy, and arcade games, and Genesis. It's all the old stuff. The only downfall is that the retail price is $40, but mm, it's going to be hard to to wait on that but i know they will be on sale like this like they always are but we'll see we'll see just wanted to say i'm excited for that but yeah these for five bucks the contra castlevania good deals especially if you're young and never played any of these growing up know your roots man there's a lot of good turtles games coming you got that collection coming then we got shredder's revenge which oh my god that game looks so good yeah april kick some button that game <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to go next for sales recommendations. Uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends is on sale 20 bucks. It's now down or it's $10 down from 20. That's what I'm trying to say. That's like the Robin Hood online game. I've been kind of putting this one off. This was something I've had interest in. I've been putting it off hoping it was going to come to Game Pass just because it seems like such a good Game Pass game. But 10 bucks, that might be the time to pull the trigger on that. And then another game I just saw, Michelle, you just mentioned it with Platinum Games, but Bayonetta is mm-hmm. on sale for 10 bucks. Yeah, Bayonetta is great. But I, I think, was it Games with Gold at some point? I feel like I'm always a little hesitant uh, to, resi- to recommend games that might have been available more freer Bayonetta, at some point. More was it? I, I'm not 100% I don't sure. Think so. But uh, it's excellent. And so either way, um if you haven't played it yeah i it's there is a very specific development style to platinum games and you can really feel like they're different they don't feel like you're just playing reskins of the same game but you can definitely feel that that 
whatever it is about how that intangible thing about their development. So yeah, I would totally recommend it if you haven't played it before. I have not. This was also one of those games where, like near, I've been, I have some interest in, but then I look how I go. Eh, but do I actually really want to play it? Because it looks cool to watch. You know, I, but was, I don't know about playing it. I will say with Bayonetta that it is, it is very Japanese, and I don't mean that in any kind of negative way. Just sensibility wise, it oh, is it's very Japanese. Japanese. So if if that doesn't I, I know you like anime and things like that, so that wouldn't bother you. But just speaking mm-hmm. honestly about what Bayonetta is, if if you engage with that sort of stuff and you go, this is really strange and that bothers you, Bayonetta will not do it for you. <laughs> it is it is really strange. Um, but it's good. And it looks like it was uh, Bayonetta was a Game Pass game at some point. Not games with or no, it was games with gold at some point, the three sixty one. Oh. So but yeah, I it, it's a good game. Absolutely give it a shot. And Nate, would you recommend it? Sure. Um, so this is an Artifacts Monday game. Uh, last week there were a couple packages, and there were two standalones, and this one's a standalone. It's Endless Fables Dark Moor. Oh. It's three seventy-five down from fifteen. We also have Red Faction Gorilla Remastered. It's four dollars fifty cents down from thirty dollars. This is a sandbox destructible environment game. It's like GTA with sledgehammers where you can just walk up to a building and just knock it down. Uh, and that's always cool. Interesting. And finally, there's Nine Monkeys of Shaolin. Now, this is $4 down from 20 It is a beat-em-up. It's by developer Sobaka, which is the same as Redeemer. Um, that Redeemer game I talked about uh, a while back and finally went back to cleaning it up and just really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, as far as beat-em-ups go, it was a ton of fun. Uh, and so I'm recommending Nine Monkeys of Shaolin just based off of that uh, previous game that they've done. Uh, I wanted to start Nine Monkeys, but uh, I got distracted. You know how shiny things are. <laughs> shiny. Yeah. There you go. You know, there's another artifacts on sale as well. And we talked about this last week where they just do this annoying stuff. So Lost Grimoires 3 is on sale. Three. So... I was talking to Michelle, like, is it worth getting this one? I mean, it's not like we really care about the stories of one and two, but what if there's a package of the old three of them for cheaper? It's like, uh, we don't know what to do. So, yeah, this is first world problems, I know, but <laughs> Lost Grimoire's 3 is also 374 but who knows? That's so cheap. It is. It's also, I mean, it helps, too, that they're, like, mostly somewhere between two to three hours and like four to five hours. So these games are not huge investments. Artifacts Monday games are also great games to play if you have, you know, younger kids in the house because they can help with the search and finds. Nobody's really paying that much attention to the story anyway. The they're very there are no red herrings. You always know that you're going to use everything in your inventory. Like it's it's a good game to play with people who will casually sit and watch you play a game because they can in, they can interact with it too without any of the stress or twitchiness for 375 like that's it's a good deal like you're really not losing out on that so good news i just looked i do own bayonetta on a 360 there you go those games are gold oh, good 360. i expect your full report next week <laughs> hey kush it looks like you have uh, three buddies playing oot riders right now 
I don't know what I call them buddies. <laughs> Frenemies. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I meant no, to I ask, that. how was the AI uh, friends? AI. AI friends? What do you mean? Like... When you're playing Outriders solo, playing do you have AI companions no. or you just play on your own? You're just playing on your oh, own. Oh, really? Okay. So, so when I you die, you good. die? Wow. <laughs> when you die, you go back to a checkpoint. So no one can revive you? Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Playing by yourself. Damn. That's I tough. can see the calculation in Elle's brain of like, well, I'm never doing that I by myself. I am never playing this alone, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a good game. You can play it solo and it's not bad. You have to be like right. careful well, and good. All right, never mind. <laughs> yeah, we're we're past the fifteenth of the month, so there's a couple of new games available at Games of Gold. Yay. Free uh, starting now till the April fifteenth on Xbox One, we have Street Power Soccer. Yay. And then Available to the 31st on the 360 side is SpongeBob's Truth or Square. And then it's is already available, but just as a reminder, you can also get The Flame and The Flood on the Xbox One. So three games are available to pick up right now in Games of Gold. Along with that, we have a couple of games that have been added to Game Pass. The first one is Shredders. Oh, Keeping with the TMNT theme. Ah, I see what you did there. I like it. Also available is... Oh, Jesus. How do you say (laughs) that? Uh, Dungeon of Nahubuk. (laughs) Nahubuk. Okay. It's good enough. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) The Amulet of Chaos. It's an artifacts game. Uh, Say what? No, I don't know. It's got the colon and never mind. Oh, I see what you said. That was dumb. Well, apparently, um, <laughs> based on the description, the dungeon of Nahulbuk is is its own sort of franchise, and this is a a, a portion of that. So, or it, that is a universe, and this is one story from that universe. I, I've not mm-hmm. heard of that before, but maybe it's similar to how there's record of Lotus War, Deedlit, and Wonder Labyrinth, where Lotus War is the big thing, and Deedlit's just like the one Kenny. little piece you're getting. I was thinking that was like some ancient Egyptian god or something like that, and I was horribly mispronouncing. Yeah, yeah I mean, I could be wrong. This is just based on oh. quickly reading over the the little description of the game, but that's kind of what it sounds like. It is on cloud. You could play it wherever. Yeah, it looks like a, like a comedy type game. It says humor, mm-hmm. it's got clumsy heroes, tactical RPG. You would like this game. Mm. Full report Maybe. next week. <laughs> Kenny's doing the whole game showcase next week. It's a solo oh, yeah. show. We're completely flipping things on their head. Um, coming out on the 22nd is Tainted Grail Conquest. This is only for the console. Uh, also coming out on the 22nd is Zero Escape the Nonary Games for cloud console and PC. Uh, coming on the 24th is Narco for the PC. Point click. Nice. Uh, also on the piece, uh, or I'm sorry, on console on the 24th is F1 2021. They're a year late. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, March 29th is Crusader Kings 3, which is going to be an Xbox Series X and S exclusive. Well, not exclusive. It's just on there. 
it's already on the PC. Um, and then on the 31st is Weird West. I have to say, this is the first time in a long time when I've looked at a list of new Game Pass games, and there hasn't been one game where I've immediately had some sort of, you know, oh, wow, I'm so excited that came, or this is something I've heard about, and now there's access, which really speaks to how amazing Game Pass is. Yeah. Because they're putting these out a couple times a month. It's not that they release this once a month or whatever. They. There's so much – I saw an article in passing on Kotaku about how, like, this is a d- disappointing games, Game Pass lineup, and, and the write-up was essentially that. Like, well, there's just really – other than – they shouted out Weird West. Um, but, like, it's it's crazy how good Game Pass is because all these things are coming out here and some of us will dabble in them and find a hidden gem. But there's really nothing in this set that's like a, wow, let's – let's this is such a cool thing, at least to, to my – knowledge you know these look very short uh based on Mm. the descriptions so this does seem like a you know a a deep slice of game pass yes agreed i I will say shredders is launching into game pass so Uh, and weird west is launching into game pass as well and so is norco so there's quite a bit that's day one game pass coming with this slate of games yeah, Shredders for me is what's most appealing because snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I like X Games type stuff, so that's kind of up my alley. That I'll probably that I'm gonna want to play. Are you a super shredder? But <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, the pain in your voice it makes it worth it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also some games that are being taken away. No. Leaving March 31st is Madden NFL 20. Uh, Narita Boy on cloud console and PC now, and that is a stack. I know Nate talked about that mm-hmm. a couple months ago when it launched. Yep. Probably and Shadow Warrior Two on the cloud console and PC. And then on April 11th, we are losing Destiny Two, Beyond Light, Shadow Keep, and Forsaken for the PC. Nothing lost there. And then, uh oh, here <laughs> yeah. we go. All right, now it's Nate's time to shine. Tell One us, night only. We are coming back, real coming, soon. But but this time, uh, it's got a question mark. It's coming real soon. Um, <laughs> Tunic apparently is going to be out tomorrow. Now, this for you, dear listener, in the future is in the past. So uh, so you'll know if this actually happened or not. Whereas right now, we have no idea. We can't trust it. The future. It. I mean, heck, even uh, two weeks ago uh, on Corey's last show, he mentioned that Tunic was coming real soon and found out, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was another week farther out than he thought it was. Um, so let's talk about Tunic a little bit. Uh, you're a fox. Uh, explore Thank a land you. filled with lost legends, ancient powers, you're welcome, and ferocious <laughs> monsters, Tunic, an isometric action game about a small fox on a big adventure. Um, you are exploring, well, you might be exploring hostile <laughs> and intricately connected world, world of shady forests, sprawling ruins, and labyrinth, labyrinthine, jeez, categories, that word. big words, uh, that, maybe that's why it's taking so long to come out. Fight mighty bo- bosses deep beneath the earth, high above the clouds, and in places stranger still. You're collecting missing manual pages, um, bursting with hints and original full-color illustrations. Man, this game sounds too good to be true. Uh, discover hidden treasures to help you on your way. Unearth- Basically, it's Zelda, but you're a fox. So, 
you know, when has Zelda ever been a wolf-like creature? Um, so mm, this Zelda, but sounds really cool, and I hope it comes out. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm trying to not set myself up for disappointment by pretending that it's not coming out. So hopefully it'll be out in a couple hours, and I can try it. Now, <laughs> not. the rumor had it mm-hmm. that they didn't send out review copies to reviewers. Uh, I don't think we even tried to get this one. No, not so. us. Real reviewers. Oh, real reviewers. <laughs> no, I don't know. Hey. <laughs> no, have you know, Michelle has a review video on YouTube of 27,000 views. Thousand. I think you mean hundred, but still. <laughs> no, thousand. I thought that no, was that the was a real review. That was Nate's. That was Nate's. That was Blaze's. That, that was Nate. That was the Blaze mm-hmm. and the Monster Machines. It's true. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. neat. Those kid videos are big money, as it turns out. So I, I wrote reviews for TA once upon a time. I, I did some real reviewing, but that's been a long, long time See, that's ago. a good one, because um, kids will look up Blaze, and then everyone else will search Blaze for a different reason. <laughs> mm. I just really need uh, Kenny to insert either like a Koosh happy sound effect or a Koosh sad sound effect for when the podcast comes out, based on whether or not Tunic <laughs> actually made it. Uh, we'll see. Because we'll usually see. when the studio doesn't send out review copies, it means the game is terrible, or maybe it's not ready. I mean, that's, that's sure kind of it's it's sure. a typical media thing. If if you don't send it ahead of time to reviewers, it indicates that they don't want negative publicity before it comes out so that people avoid it. But that's, I'm pretty sure it's one person who's been doing the majority of this. So Yeah, that's, it's and it's busy. not necessarily the, the case. <laughs> And this is not Game Pass. All right. Hmm. Well, much as Tunic. Well, I'm do sure, what? I'm sure Kush has a pre-ordered, right? It's probably like 15 bucks. Oh. I would, I would expect 15 to 20. That's what I would expect, but I don't know. All right. Well, in that case, let's get into the final section, Brag Camp. Take away, Michelle. All right. Brag camp. I'm going to be talking about completions, and this is really super fascinating. So this is going to be uh, the interactive portion of the show. First up, I have NBA Kirkland, who's reached a new milestone of 750 completed games. Let's remember that number, 750. MDP73 has completed 900 games. So guys, tell me, what do you get when you add 900 and 750? Um, 1,650? Good. Hold on to that number. Next up, we have JimPod UK, Um. who has reached a milestone of 900 completed games as well. So, guys, 1,650 plus 900, what do you get? Must be 2,550. Which happens to be the same number of games that Redemption Denied has just completed. So, good job, guys. (laughs) Somebody can math. Someone's seen the code behind the matrix. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. And speaking of code behind the matrix, streaks, because there's nobody doing anything with ratio this, this week. In streaks, we have Lucas1987 on a 50-day streak. And if you add that to 1,900, you get Unky Tim Fu with 1,950. <laughs> and then some number plus that is what Prue has with 2,200. <laughs> Mr. Gompers is on 3,100 days, as is Matriarch. Yes. And planting nice. 42 edges them out with 3150. Mad Eye Pad Eye with 3300. And the Super Bob 49 is currently on a two year achievement win streak. Good job. All right. We got two people that has hit 
500,000 gamer score. First is Chris Bud, 20. And the second is Crazy Catman. And then Raw Sauce Ross has hit 1.2 million gamer score. In leaderboards, Casual Exile is now third in the New Zealand TA ratio leaderboard. Nice. Uh, Fister Rabato is in the top 10 of Australia TA ratio leaderboard. Look at that. We have listeners from all over the world. Fluttery Chicken is now in the top 200 of the Europe TA difference leaderboard for survival. Lego Head 1977 is in the top 10 of the TA difference leaderboard for survival. Wow. Mike Pitch is in the top 200 of the completed games leaderboard for Windows Phone. Nice. Rip. <laughs> He promised he's going to play real games. No one believes him. There's six Not more even... weeks left, right? We're going to hear more Windows uh, Phone milestones, I'm sure. Get them while you can. Yep. I guess so. Nutty Ray is in the top 50 of the England Gamer Score leaderboard. Uh, Rossos Ross is in the top 1,000 of the TA leaderboard for arcade racing. Rocker Dude. Aww. Now in the top 500 of the TA leaderboard for roguelites. Oh, nice. I know that name from somewhere. Hmm. Retro Chief, 1969, is in the top five of the USA Gamerscore leaderboard for point and click. Survivalist, who's playing survival games in the top 500 of the USA T Difference leaderboard for survival series. Sir Polygon is top 10 of the Georgia T ratio leaderboard. And last but not least, we have our very own Elroy OMJ in the top 10 of the Gamerscore leaderboard for beat-em-ups. That's crazy. I'm going to pass him one day. And uh, number one. Overall, for the Xbox Gamer Score leaderboard for dodgeball games. I didn't even know dodgeball was a genre. It's not. Oh, it is. I think he probably typed it that is. in himself here. It it's got to be. I mean, there's super dodgeball. Comes in. <laughs> there's um, that game Michelle and I played. What's that called? <laughs> um, dodgeball Academia? The German no, game. That's no, the only stick game bold. I can think of. Stick bold. Oh, stick bold. Oh, yeah, yeah. So dodgeball Academia. Yeah, yeah. Stick bold. All right, so yeah, that 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 is genre. Wild. And uh, nobody tagged me and brag, so I'm not reading any. So there. I'm gonna brag on behalf of Lucas1987, who actually won one of the TA games. That's always cool when you see somebody you know get one of those. Oh yeah, congrats to him. Well, that will do it for us. You can follow us on Twitch.tv/slash ah101. There, we do some streaming every so often. And we also do our live shows the first Tuesday of every month. You can hit us up on Twitter. Send us a couple of Twitter tweets at Achievements101. Discord can be a part of the community. Discord.io slash AH101. Uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube where it has all of our, all of our content. It goes up there, videos, reviews, and whatnot. Uh, Achievement Hunting 101. And last but not least, if you are able to help us out, you can check us out on Patreon at Achievement Hunting 101. We greatly appreciate everyone who donates to us and helps us keep the show going. With all that, thank you for listening. Class is dismissed. See you next week. Bye-bye. So long. Cowabunga! Hello, it's me again, Chewy on Ice, and in an unprecedented example of some complete follow-through, 
I am joined here by Mr. Freemhole as we discuss the Freemhole Completion Challenge and how we're getting on at this point in the year, as well as teasing something a little bit special. Freemhole, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mr. Bakut. And I love the fact that you commend both of us for following through on a promise that we made, what, a couple months ago. So I mean, the podcast is not known for its follow through. Let's put it that way. (laughs) No. And and so are we calling this the the quarter one FCC Mm -hmm. update? Yes. Do I dare say we try this again and at the halfway point? I mean, let's not make any extra promises. I, I think, I think following through once is pretty decent. I think expecting us to follow through twice is, you know, we're going to have to buy some new pants if we're going to follow through twice. There we go. I hear that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I wanted. It's just so much fun to talk to you, and I really appreciate. I'm in that sweet spot. Uh, being a parent of kids in in high level sports, where it is it is our spring break. I don't know you guys don't have spring break on your side of the pond, but there is no sports. There's no tournaments. There's no we're in between seasons. Literally, I have a Saturday to myself, and it is glorious. Oh, amazing! See, I have a Saturday to myself, but we're recording now in your kind of I guess early evening. Uh, for me, this is uh, nearly eight o'clock. So my wife is out partying, my children are in bed, and I've just guzzled down a massive pie, and I'm slowly working my way through a can of stout. So <laughs> life is good right now. That's wonderful. I, I mean, your kids are already in bed? That does seem a little early. They are, well, they are five and two, so Psh, you know, On a Saturday, come on. <laughs> No, we've we've managed to stick to a kind of a quite, a quite a solid routine and they haven't figured out that it's possible for them to stay up later yet. You know, there's, there's going to come a point where the eldest is like, hang on a second. <laughs> I could I could I can stay awake. <laughs> I don't have to go to bed at this time. But we haven't got to that point yet. Thanks. You know, though, it, and maybe you'll luck out because my son, who is uh, 13 now, he realizes if he goes to bed early, he can then wake up early. And my mm-hmm. wife and I will not harass him while he plays video games for two hours in the morning. Um, so that's where he, you know, as I burn the candle in the in the evening, he'll burn the candle in the morning and, and we'll get our gaming in that way. So, so I think, you know, he's he's adapting to a a console household. Mm, see, I guess for us, that would be the equivalent of waking up early to watch Saturday uh, morning cartoons, right? That would be our right. equivalent. Uh, when we absolutely, were absolutely. Okay, ones. well, you know, we should probably get to business here. Oh, as, oh, we've got a thing to do. As great as it yeah, is yeah. <laughs> to chit-chat. Um, yes. So anyone who's not familiar uh, and missed our previous uh, wrap-up um, of the FCC 2021 and the uh, introduction to 2022, why don't you just give us a very quick summary of what the FCC is before we jump in? For sure. Yeah, this is, again, the seventh year that I've been doing this, and I've put together 30 categories that you will try to complete, specifically complete games that fit each different category, and we'll go through some of the the highlights that we've got so far in the first quarter here. Two years ago, I bumped it up to four separate challenges, and so there are uh, different things that you can do uh, in those regards which we can touch on as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a, just a for fun, lighthearted, good old time. If you're in the BCM, you might disagree with the fun element because uh, the categories part of your challenge is part of the BCM as well. So anyone that is who's true. in that will be familiar with that. 
That is true. And, you know, the intention is I really developed this because I needed direction when it came to my gaming. As per most people, I, you get paralyzed by the massive library of games that we have. So if you've got some things, some targets to go for, hey, it helps narrow it down. So enter RTDL, enter my completion challenge, enter the myriad contests that we run on this <laughs> this site. So, yeah, let's start with, with the first go at it is the, the categories part, right? That's, that's probably the most fun, diverse group here. Uh, and this is the one that goes back and forth between the BCM and the FCC. And I think you and I both are kind of adhering to the BCM has a minimum ratio requirement of 1.2. So those, those easy games don't count for these. And, and so I just ignore them when it comes to categories as well, because what's the point? I'm not going to pretend like I've got stuff that is going to help me <laughs> at the end of the year when it just won't happen. Mm -hmm. Well, in previous years, I didn't do the BCM. So I kind of f uh, fudged my category list by piling in a whole load of easy shovelware stuff that I had been doing throughout the year. But this year, I'm in BCM and I'm also sticking to that, that rule for the categories, uh, trying to be 1.2 and above. Although, you know, Come December, I may do a little bit of backfilling uh, it's, just to tick some of those boxes. Yeah, and, and I should make a note. So this is the first year that Iron Fist of Snuff running the BCM took my entire list. Usually uh, in the previous years, he has trimmed it down to take 25 of them, uh, mainly because one of mine is just dealer's choice where you just complete any game, and some of them overlap with some of the other things he's doing. So he he would cherry pick the 25 he wanted. Well, this year he's just like, ah, it's easy. Let's just do the whole 30. Uh, <laughs> we'll give people a gimme. One thing that he did change though, was the palindrome category where I had requested that you complete a game whose title contains a palindrome. Given the, the lack of palindromes that are BCM eligible, uh... right? Because in my head, I'm thinking, well, ACA mm -hmm. is the easiest palindrome and those games are su super easy, but the number of ACA games that reach 1.2 is incredibly small, if any. I'm not even sure if there are any. And so he adopted it to say that any achievement in a game that's a palindrome. Uh, oh yeah, I hadn't picked up on that. So I've been doing the uh, BCM variant, and I actually have a few of those already done. That's one of my few uh, ones that I've ticked off, because the word that pops up more than I was expecting is I, E-Y-E. Yes. Um, yep. And actually, I'm wondering if there are games out there that if you were to do game title, that that would be a, a good option. Beyond Eyes. I and Level. Mm, no. Eyes has the S. Yeah. But I mean, in my back pocket, this was when I wrote this a year ago, right? I do, I, I do the categories a year in advance. In my head, it's like, well, if this comes around, this will give me a reason to go finish Dad Beat Dads. Oh, yeah. and, and sure enough, that's still open on my, <laughs> my gamer tag. I've never gone through and done all the thousand levels or whatever you have to do in corporate ladder so it's like okay well i got that in my back pocket if i really need it um so how are you making out so far what's your what's your completion total so i have completed 15 of the challenges however there is a caveat there that i'm ticking them all along with every single game that i own so uh, i'm not slotting in final selections for each of those categories so there's a huge amount of overlap 
And I think if I was to commit games to those 15, the number would probably go down, right? Because I would be saying, totally. okay, well, I'm going to use this game for this category, but that means it can't be used for these other ones. Um, so 15 categories are covered, but not fully covered, as it were. Sometimes it's just one option at the moment, and I'd like a little bit more uh, breathing space. Yeah, for sure. I'm su- I, I do the same thing, and I'm surprised this year. So I've got 13 mm. eligible games and of that 13, I've already slotted eight of them. Mm. Um, you know, it's weird that they you know, only apply to a single category. And so obviously, if it's, if it's the only one that counts, then it gets slotted in. And I've had eight of them that have only hit one of these categories. And it's kind of dawned on me how really specific mm-hmm. my list this year has been. And there's not a ton of crossover. Now, there are a few here that tick a bunch of boxes that I feel like are going to be more difficult come the end of the year. And so I'm I'm really hoping that uh, I can get a few more dips in those categories. But the ones I've locked in so far, and, and of course the BCM, you have to do a random game of the month. So my, my month, uh, my game this month was Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. And I, I just had two little playthroughs to do of that one quick, but that one only applies to the two, three, four for me. And so of the moon is my two-letter word, three-letter word, four-letter word. Uh, and so that one just locks in, and, and I don't have to worry about that uh, for, for the rest of the year. Another one that I tried to do last month uh, that I finished before leaving Game Pass was a Tuhu Aluna Nights. Is that how it's pronounced? Tauhau? 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 Sure. One of those. The only one that applied for for me was the There's No I in Team, where the... Uh, the developer publisher contains the word team. And so, again, just slots in really nice. I don't have to worry about that, and and I can uh, move on with my life. Okay, yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to pick up as well that uh, I was surprised, actually, that one of mine uh, I've got uh, an abundance of choice for, which is uh, for Pugilist, which is completing a game where you punch enemies. And apparently, so far this year, I have been doing a lot of punching because I have... <laughs> Uh, Deer Simulator, Duke Nukem Manhattan Project, uh, River City Ransom, and Born Conspiracy, <laughs> all of which involved fisticuffs of some sort. Nice. Yeah, Mine was. was the game Crisis. Um, and there actually is an achievement for punching one of those nanosuit soldiers with a super punch. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, perfect. I, I couldn't find anything else that that, uh, that applied to. Have you got any noticeable uh, gaps in your categories yet you're, that you're thinking, ooh, that's going to... Give me some trouble. I think I need to try and find something for that. The the I before E except in Wakapale is going yeah. to be a tricky one. Yeah, I don't have anything for that one yet either. There is, you know, the one that keeps popping in my head is Wolfenstein, but I don't know if I can do a Mindlieben playthrough on that. Uh, uh, so, the, well, which one is it? Well, what? That's like in the second one, I suppose. The first one, I think, is semi-doable, but that still does involve a difficulty. New Order and Old Blood. Uh, both have exploits so you can play them on the easy difficulty and then on the final boss you can literally just switch the difficulty and as long as you can beat that final boss you've done the hardest playthrough oh that's nice similar to bioshock and a few other of the older 360 games where yeah i'm literally uh, doing that right now with uh sniper Mm -hmm. elite v2 yeah yeah, i'm I'm doing uh, the 
Gold Bar and, and Jugs playthrough and on Cadet and then doing the Sniper Elite difficulty glitch. Yeah. And it's working beautifully. I do I do really recommend both New Order and Oblo. They are great. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. a big first-person shooter guy, but the stories and the kind of the setting and the atmosphere and the tone of those are really, really good. Uh, and like I say, you know, I'm not skilled. I'm a terrible uh, gamer when it comes to any kind of skill right. <laughs> and i've completed new order and i would have completed old blood if it wasn't for the trial maps which i haven't even attempted but i believe sure. are quite hard um but yeah hard playthroughs are not uh, an issue with those games because of the exploit right now that's awesome it's good to know mm. um the one I, I just completed a game finally went back and cleaned up the dead island uh dlc that i mm. that did the multiplayer was all that i had left and uh, so, you know, quickly went through that this month and that one, I didn't realize when I wrote this because I have as a doornail where you complete a game whose title contains the word dead. And I also have EA, it's in the game, a title who has consecutive letters EA. And it turns out, well, of course those are because dead <laughs> has EA in it. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that would, <laughs> that would be common. the case. So, um, you know, we've got that one covered, but that one also hits the fully vaccinated where you complete a game with syringes and injectables. Yeah, so I was going to bring up that one, and, and that one is one of my gaps at the moment. Uh, I was actually surprised because, you know, I think most kind of healing or boosting type items involve something like that. Uh, right. But actually, you know, I've I've completed, what, 20 or so games, and I haven't hit that one yet. So I'll be on the lookout. My- collectively the biggest gaps I have are games regarding animals Mm. Uh, so PETA would be proud where you complete a game that has weapons and animals but you can't kill them Mm -hmm. and on the other side of killing things to you know use them for for crafting and whatever the the games I don't I play don't have animals (laughs) Uh, which you know so completing a game that contains an animal of stripes a, a rideable animal or creature all of those are, are mm. gaps for me. And so, you know, again, early in the year, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty happy with my progress so far. Uh, but yeah, those those are stuff I'm going to have to add to my game collection to try mm. and well, round that out. I don't recommend the game as an actual game, but Deer Simulator on Game Pass mm. has is an easy completion and it has uh, a lot of animals uh, which you can kill and ride. <laughs> uh, so few options there probably. That's awesome. Yeah. Other than that, I, th- I think the, th- the things I've locked in so far, you know, nothing special. Um, I'm actually surprised with the should have played Oregon Trail category mm. where you complete a game that has an overworld map but does not have fast travel. And I've got two of them where you've got a nice overland map, but you, you can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, you look at it and you're like, wow, that's really inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, my one for that was... Um farming simulator on the 360 which was my um february random game and uh, lots of fields mm-hmm. and a map to see all the fields but no way of getting around them quickly apart from yeah sitting on a, a lawnmower that goes a couple of miles an hour the two i have slotted in is the game pass game yes your grace mm-hmm. and, and really i mean there is an overworld map but you actually as the king don't leave your castle and you just send dudes out to the different towns uh, to, to, you know, have people come to your home. So it has that nice overworld map, mm. but y- you don't go anywhere. So that's uh, overworld map and no travel mechanic. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, that game is super fun, by the way. I really enjoyed it. So if you know, it's a probably a, it's at least a two playthrough, two playthrough game, and you gotta probably in your second playthrough be pretty judicious with how you play it. But that first playthrough, you can play just enjoying the story, and uh, it was it was cool. I really liked it. Nice. And the other one is I finally finished Oxenfree. Oh my goodness! Oh, finally, years later. For yes. anyone who is a regular listener to the podcast, well, for anyone who isn't a regular listener to the podcast, uh, Oxenfree was a game club game, which is where we all yeah. play the same game in a month, and it was done back in. It was what? like the Z to Z days. Well, uh, it? no, it was uh, Chronos ran it uh, right. here, so it was early days of the podcast, I think. So it would have been a good three or four years ago, I guess. Three years, maybe. When you did it with um, Petart and Carpe Adam and Kronos, yeah, you never completed it. <laughs> no, no, and 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 the reason was is obviously that game is known for doing multiple playthroughs, and on my third playthrough, I had two achievements left, and one is to get the two characters to date, and the other one is to make all the characters hate you, and so I was like, oh. Well, I'll just try to do that in one playthrough, and mm. turns out I got neither, and so I was so oh. <laughs> frustrated that it's like, well, right now it's definitely two more playthroughs. So you, so you were I'm, trying to get them sweet enough to date, yeah. but then it wasn't sweet enough for them to actually date, but it was just sweet enough for them not to hate you. <laughs> Bingo. Oh. That's exactly right. So I had to play two more playthroughs, and I just rushed through it last month mm-hmm. at the end of February, and... Um, but yes, that that has an overworld map, and you cannot go anywhere on that one. Uh, there also is a point of no return in that game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they very distinctly tell you when you're <laughs> going to go into that bunker. Hey, <laughs> you know, should we go do this stuff first? Um, and and it's very very well signposted. So definitely, I, you know, that's currently a two a two spot for me. We'll see which one it locks in on. Awesome. Now, of course, that's not the only thing that we have. We do have the second challenge, which is zombie tropes. Mm. And people who have heard me talk enough know that I am a big fan of zombies. And so this one was 20 tropes that you find in you know traditional games. And we had joked about trying to do this without using zombie games. Of course, I can't not play zombie games. So, for instance, Dead Island, uh, you'd be surprised. Well, you're probably not surprised. Uh, currently ticks 12 of the 20 categories. <laughs> wow. Amazing. <laughs> but of course, you can only use one game per thing. So mm, You've got to choose. Um, I, yeah, I haven't locked any of these in, but I've currently played games that do have every all 20 of them. Mm-hmm. So of the 15 games I've completed, nice. it looks like eight of them have some type of enemies that fit, fit the bill. See, I, I'm struggling a little bit with this one so far and that's simply because strangely enough most of the games i've completed don't have enemies in as it were Uh, i've got things like uh 12 minutes you know i've got skateboarding games i've got uh, some kind of adventure games um not a huge amount with actual things to kill and things that can kill you but i do i have i have got eight slots filled but a lot of those are with the same game so you know, I'm going to have to get a lot more to, to actually fill it out. One of the ones I liked uh, that I filled in just now before we recorded was uh, completing a game that contains an enemy that tries to eat the player. Uh, mm-hmm. And the one that jumped straight into my head was uh, the medium, 
which features oh, sure. the more, which, as its name suggests, is something that is literally trying to consume you. That's uh, awesome. And goes around saying, I'm going to eat you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was perfect. Um, yeah, th- this one, and, and now because of the, this is not in the BCM, I am letting the two, so I've, I've completed Johnny Rocket and Null Drifter mm-hmm. as just some, you know, just trash gamer sort of games, and they each apply to five different categories here so they've mm-hmm. you know been able to fill in a couple of the gaps yeah. as well i think that's going to have to be my approach to this is it's is at some point just knock out a few easy things involving lots of different types of enemies and then that should cover off a, a bunch of it so challenge number three is probably giving me the most difficulty right now and that is called multi-genre madness or mayhem one of the two and it is completing games that have at least two genre tags, could have more. Um, turns out a lot of the games I play are only one genre. Yeah, this is exactly what I found. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so many adventure and puzzle yeah. and action. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's got to have something else, surely. Totally. Well, so what I found is you either find that you've got a single genre or you have a combo, but it's the same combo that appears a lot of times. So Platformer and Metroidvania is a pairing that appears, and I've got like three or four games of that. So I've covered off Platformer and Metroidvania, absolutely, uh, which is quite good. Um, But it does mean that there aren't that many other options. Um, Totally. Yeah. Tau How Luna Nights is one of those. Goes, same goes for ad- adventure point and adventure click. and point and click is exactly where I was going mm-hmm. with that Sa- same concept. You, you've usually got that as a pairing. Uh, weirdly enough, one that I found uh, has loads of genres that kind of covers it off uh, that I just did uh, is Little Mouse's uh, Encyclopedia because that one okay. is a it's a visual novel, education, education and trivia, trivia. Uh, and an adventure. Right, fun. So it's all of those three. Dead Island, which I just did, is an action horror dungeon crawler open world role playing game. Oh wow! So that's a that's a four spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it covers quite a bit. So the, the the kind of the goal here is that you um, obviously complete games, but the only ones you can use are games that have multiple genres. And the goal is to cover off as many genres as possible, but you can only use a game once. So the best right. thing to do is to find a game that has multiple genres, but one of those genres is a little bit more, I guess, unusual or obscure, because mm-hmm. that would allow you to then cover that genre off. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's a, right. there's a few out there. Like it helps if it's a game that is mostly one thing, but then has a little bit of something else tagged on <laughs> that counts enough for Yeah, another one of those... My February random game was MX versus ATV Alive, mm. and that is a simulation racing sports uh, automobile, mm. uh, right? And those t- tend to go together too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hate sim racing games, so I-, I could see myself playing another sports game or playing another automobile game, but the likelihood of doing another simulation racing is insanely slim. Nice. Yeah, I also, with open world, I was a bit concerned because a lot of open world games quite tend to be quite big and lengthy and I wasn't sure yeah. if I had many options, but then I completed Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, which is obviously uh, sports and skateboarding, uh, but it is also classed as open world. So I was like, oh, okay, well, that's probably the one. Although realistically, that Perfect. will probably be my skateboarding completion. So <laughs> I need to make a choice there. <laughs> um, the game I mentioned earlier, Yes, Your Grace, is a, a simulation management game. Mm. And and typically, I don't like those games either. And so this was because there's a really nice story to it. And the management aspect is uh, pretty minimal. 
I'm concerned that's leaving Game Pass in the near future. So, <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I did Farming Simulator, but that is purely simulation, and I'm not sure what other simulation games I have in the in the options. But also, mm. I, like I say, management. You know, oh, what do I have for management? I'm not sure. So there's a few genres that I I think may leave me with some trouble. So the final challenge is challenge number four and this has been a couple years going now is the crossover with the random to-do list where an item on your random to-do list if you complete that game you then lock that slot and the goal is to get at least 20 of your 25 slots filled with completed games you did great last year completed it mate and and i (laughs) did the whole thing yep and i I was uh, not so lucky. So how's uh, this year treating you? I'm just counting now. I have managed to slot in eight so far within the first three months. So pretty good, pretty good. I was very, very lucky in January that for my RTDL, a lot of old 360 games came up. And for the BCM, the challenge was older games, right? Games that, depending on how Mm -hmm. old they were, based on when they were released, you'd get more bonus points. So the whole thing just lined up so perfectly. And I had a bunch of old 360 games that I had done most of or, you know, nearly completed or... And, and some of those turned up as well. So I had uh, Cars 2, Sensible World of Soccer, Born Conspiracy, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, and Duke Nukem Manhattan Project, all on my RTDL, nice. all giving me bonus points for um, BCM and all with different slots for this challenge. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. That is February was less kind. I only managed to get one off there. Um, and March so far, I've only knocked out the two easiest ones. So it's, there's nothing really mm-hmm. to brag about. I just did the gimmies. So what uh, what slots do you have checked off? So, uh, so first two, eight, 11, 12, 13, 17, and 20. So 20 is a decent one to have locked off. But, but I mm-hmm. am concerned that 21 to 25 is going to be the, the tricky range. Which is why I tend to focus on those early in the year because, yeah, yeah. They, you know, those can always be scary. So I've only got six done so far, but my six are uh, 11, 14, 15, 21, 23, 24. Ooh, nice. So I got those big dogs up there. I'm making this more difficult for myself this year because uh, in previous years I had everything that I could curate my collection and I used to have a lot of easy stuff that I hadn't started yet. Right. And particularly towards the end of the year, I, I, I may have done a bit of sneaky, you know, deliberate, easy list curation to, to, <laughs> to wrap up, to try and get a full combo and also to wrap up right. this challenge. This year, uh, I'm doing a, a little on the side uh, scavenger hunt thing with a few guys from the community where we commit to having a 5,000 achievement pool. Uh, and i'm giving myself the additional challenge of primarily just using games that i've already started so as a way of backlog backing which means a lot of those easy games a lot of the easiest games that i have in my collection hundreds of them are unstarted so they are not in the pool uh, not not eligible eligible. so it's it's tougher we'll see how long that lasts i I may cave it does feel good though when because my list is primarily cleaning up the backlog as well so only games i started except for game pass where i'm trying to make sure i stay on top of my game pass completion so i'm not scrambling Mm -hmm. in the last two weeks every time they're getting out of here and it is it feels like this month uh you know the sniper elite v2 is on my rtdl and it's the three possible achievements are the three highest remaining achievement ratios possible. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just well, it. 
I might as well cle- I might as well finish it then, yeah. right? So and that'll take out slot nineteen mm-hmm. for me. And I did the same thing with Unravel was my twenty third. Among Us was twenty four. Yeah. You know those high ratios. It's like well they're not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. So might, might as well just finish finish it as it goes. And that that was the, the impetus for finishing Oxenfree. It was on my RTDLs. Well. I find this 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 challenge is one of my favorites because it it aligns with the goals so well of. Uh, trying to kind of knock things out and get things done and also the, the common complaint with rtdl is that it makes you play a bit of a game and then hop mm-hmm. off it to the next one and the next one and the next one but with this totally. challenge i use it to say no actually i'm going to stick it through going to finish it may as well get it done uh so sorry which has sev- severely hurt my rtdl numbers yeah. uh because you know I, I typically now i'm only getting like four six maybe seven unlocks because i tend to go try to go through the whole game mm-hmm. but i think like a lot of these challenges rtdl mostly exists to say hey why don't you go and play this <laughs> uh so if you treat it that way then you're doing fantastically right. because you're you're picking and playing through what you want to do so right right so yeah hey i suppose we should you know if, if people in the community have done some work or want to chat about it you know we got that podcast discussion mm-hmm. channel is a great spot to to rebring up the, the FCC. I know, although we did say we'd meet, I think we also said we'd try and maybe create a spreadsheet mm-hmm. so we can track eventually. The yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, that w- will probably come at some point in the. It, it's it's a bit of work, um, but I think it's worth doing. So look out for that at a later point. If you are interested to know about what we're talking about here or a bit more and and see what these categories are that we're talking about and and you know go and fill in your own spreadsheets. Uh, you'll find the details in the document about it on the contest info channel in the Discord. So yeah. you should be able to hop in there and you'll see all the details about everything that we've just been talking about. I am looking forward to three months time when we uh, have another catch up and we've knocked through more of these more of these lists. Well, and maybe at that three month time, we will be able to put a bow on what I'm going to announce next. What? I'm not. I'm not here just for my health, Chewy. I I do have something to promote. So let me give you a little background on what I'm planning to do here. I did post a question in the Achievement Hunting League thread, and I kept it pretty vague because I I, I wanted to really tailor this to what the community is most interested in because we have quite a collection of gamers in in this community, and you know some like to score tons of points some are completionists some are they love the trash whatever there is really something for everybody out there and and so i posed five questions that kind of were were options that i was thinking about and i wanted to know what the group likes to do and so let me start by giving you the introduction to what i'm planning to launch i'm calling it freemhaven so so welcome to the town of Freemhaven. The land has fallen on some dark times, and this town has been plagued by evil and hardship. The village is in shambles after the horrors of Zitalika came through, and the age 101 community has been stranded in the imposing fog, and few dare to travel outside the walls for fears of being consumed by the darkness. So after that first paragraph, let me just pause and, and remind everybody, if you were not part of the community last year, there was a raid boss battle that came tearing through the land of how is it pronounced? Ahunawan. Ahunawan. Um, yeah, 
And this this raid boss was comprised of the community's completions in Rattalaika and Zidalon games. And in order to take this thing down, it was completions, mm-hmm, wasn't mm-hmm. it? We had to, on the other side, that were non... Uh, of course, we had some people who were trying to heal it, but ultimately... The community came through, killed this thing. It was yeah, that amazing. Was, that was a fantastic event. That was uh, credit to EOJ for that. That was awesome. So this is in the same realm that that has occurred, and so I will continue with the introduction here. The buildings haven't been rebuilt since the terror of Zitalika tore through this realm. The beast's corpse has provided food for myriad different abominations through the kingdom, and they grow stronger as each day passes. The community wishes to return to their homes and families, but cannot make the trip without ample provisions. But the closed trade routes and pillaged farmlands have choked Freemhaven from its supply. This town is dying, and the inhabitants will soon follow if things aren't done to change its course. Thankfully... Many brave warriors from the Age 101 community wish to return Freemhaven to its once former glory, bring life back to this hamlet, and renew the farmlands and rebuild the town. Or, at the very least, get enough rebuilt to prepare for the trek home. Scouts are consistently bringing back word from the surrounding areas of the potential threats, resources, uh, and people that are stranded and need saving, and bringing that information back to the town center for you, the community, to go and embark on. So if anyone is familiar with the game Gloomhaven, where I've taken the inspiration for this. Is this a tabletop game? This is a tabletop Mm. game. Uh, So I have literally stolen that map (laughs) and have Uh, have using that. Take some credit for yourself here, you know. I have changed all the names on there. And so they are gaming related and, and I'm not, you know, they do have little circles on there, uh, and I'm covering those up with my own circles. But using that map, we are going to go out into this world and try and do different scenarios that will help bring life back to this community. So I have generated 99 different locations Whoa. to travel to. <laughs> there are, and so each of those will have a, I'm considering it like a D&D style mm-hmm event campaign i I ran my first uh dnd campaign this last summer and i loved it it was so much fun and so again this that fed into the inspiration for this as well and so apart from the encounters that we have there are 90 unique which the community wanted magical items (laughs) that can help you there is also a list of a hundred different monster encounters wow. that you might find out in the world. And that's not all there is to it, right? Because d is not all about fighting monsters. There's a story and there's uh, puzzles that need to be solved. And so as the community, uh, you will party up with some friends and your your party will help, uh, you know, start in the town. And as you complete these individual quests, the town will begin to open up You'll be able to travel to new, exotic, fun locations and and spread through the map here with the intention of getting to all of these locations and finally getting out of Freemhaven wow. uh, alive. Amazing. So what we're talking here basically is an epic <laughs> role-playing game involving the meta of us, you know, earning achievements. 
That is correct. In the kind of style that we had with Zitalika, in the same world, in the same realm, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, community-based, but also uh, so a broader community goal uh, for everyone to try and aim for, but then splitting up into subgroups and, and teams to, to work on particular objectives and goals uh, with their own encounters and their own storylines within that. You got it. Amazing. That is exactly correct. Oh, my goodness. It is dreamy, so, dreamy, dreamy, creamy, freemy. That's, oh. that's correct. So what the community wants, and, and if you're familiar with games that I like to go with or contests I like to do, I like to keep things very approachable for people. So if you are familiar with the game uh, Letter Quest, Grimm's Journey, have you played that? I'm familiar with it, but I've never played it. I've heard, okay. I've heard people talk about it a lot and how great it is. Yeah. So in that game, you spell words, and by spelling the words, you do damage to the creatures. But the inspiration that ties to this is if you click on the creature, sometimes they'll say something like, uh, double letters will do damage to this creature, or uh, five-letter words, or something along those lines. And so use that in the background of your head as part of the inspiration for how this thing works this thing this uh this campaign is not going to be who scores the most gamer score Mm -hmm. who can do the most completions who can do the most of anything it is more surgical more tactical and it's open to really everybody and so i'm hoping that we get a lot of a good turnout for this Mm -hmm. the community also doesn't necessarily care for time limits Mm. so you know you can go on a quest and it takes as long as it takes to complete. I, I don't want to push people, and some people burn through quests faster than others, and others, you know, get to do their leisure. But what we will do when this thing starts, and, and there'll be more information in the, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some sort of channel here, but there will be a sub-channel thread where we will go through, because it seems as though people want to see what everybody's talking about um you know and this one is still close enough where we could figure maybe do some things in private where i have maybe some dms with the party and then depending on the outcome of that we post what had happened as they come back to town and explain hey this was the adventure i went on but ultimately this is after seeing what uh what skeptical mario did with the spacecraft uh, I'm on the, the Kirby space program. Don't remind me. Okay, I'm still, I am still floating in space, awaiting recovery. <laughs> I thought you got picked up. I think they're on the way, I think, is the, okay. the latest. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I think they stopped off. Yeah. I think they stopped off for tacos. So, so, so I, you know, and I had tried to do something immensely complicated back in the Achievement Hound area. Mm. And so I, th- I think I learned my lesson there. But this one, I, I, I believe you can get done. I've done tons of writing for the different scenarios and i'm really excited i'm super excited to start this so mm-hmm. looks like we're going to launch april 1st mm. is my goal this isn't uh, an elaborate april fool's joke is it it is not okay. it is not Good. um and as you might be thinking right this is in the realm of the zitalika and many of the people who participated in the raid battle last time uh, got experience uh there was eoj has put together some interesting leveling and background information on here and so uh, he and i are working together to try and find ways to integrate that Mm -hmm. with the work that's already been done so if you're new i'll remind you that not a lot of people have 
tons of experience. And if you're old, uh, old as in a, a longtime member of the community, then you are continuing the growth of your quote unquote character. Hmm. Amazing. I mean, this is, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. This sounds really cool. I, as you'll know from my time running contests, uh, large and small, I, I do enjoy the meta and <laughs> trying to make uh, our little hobby as unique and interesting and engaging as possible. And uh, this is the kind of stuff that really uh, floats my boats, jangles my jollies or whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all, how it all plays out. Do you have a sense now if people are hearing this and thinking, I want to get involved? And, and you know, we may have already announced this on the Discord by the time you're listening to this, but do you have a sense of how people might join in, participate? Yeah, we're going to have a sign up and I think I'm posting that on March 20th. So if you're listening to this before March 20th or what is 19th, the Friday, wherever that Friday is. Mm-hmm. So next Friday, if you hear it before next Friday, um, I'm putting it up on Friday if if it's after, then you can sign up really at any time. Even even if it's into April, by the time you hear this, you know you can you can sign up late. If you oh, okay, so we're going to accept new new like groups to be formed and members to be totally. joining later on. Oh, that's that's really cool. Totally. That's actually a really nice uh, way of kind of rewarding people because uh, I know that some people with things like BCM and things when there's a closed sign off is they they hear about it too late and then they. They get sad. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, yeah, retroactively, um, you know, things that you do as for when this thing starts will uh, contribute to your position um, in, in, the, in the campaign. So you're not behind the eight ball at all when you start. Um, again, this is a community event. And so, uh, you know, maybe th- there might be a couple of really gung-ho heroes out there who end up doing a, a ton of the different campaign missions uh, but even if you can get two or three of them done you're contributing right there's 99 of them to do so mm-hmm. <laughs> there's oh, lots yeah. lots to happen i will present a problem and you know as in D, you are free to be creative in a way to solve that amazing so uh, let me give you an example let's say for instance you know you are you come across a supply cache that's you know tied down in a net all right. Mm-hmm. So you've, you're, you've got a problem in front of you. Mm-hmm. You need to get these supplies and it's tied down with some type of a rope. All right. So one possible solution is someone in your party can unlock an achievement with the word that has some type of cutting edge in it. For example, mm-hmm. Slasher from the game Among Us or maybe a game uh, that has something sharp in the name, such as an achievement from the game Agatha Knife. And so by using that item, you can cut the rope to have access to the supplies. Amazing. So just keep that in mind of, you know, one of many things that that are possible here. And so I have created a lot of scenarios. (laughs) So um, it's not all about finding knives and swords in your achievements. There's a lot to do. Um, And that's also, let me remind you that Games that don't necessarily have those things associated with them that you would maybe consider a tool or something along those lines, those those aren't wasted either. There will be other things that need to happen. Sometimes gamer scars involved. Sometimes ratios involved. Sometimes um, you know letters are involved. Sometimes it's all sorts of possibilities. So no matter what type of gamer you are or what type of gaming you like to do, 
you will have the ability to be successful in this campaign. The one thing I will say is I don't know how long this is going to take. So that's I why when we, I want it to last, we, last forever and ever and ever. So. When we talk about <laughs> talking in three months, I'm, I'm guessing we'll be done in three months. At least I, this certainly is probably is going to go longer than one month, uh, despite how fast Mental Knight thinks he can complete all these. <laughs> I, you, you also have to work with me as the DM, and so I, mm-hmm. I keep some semi-regular hours. So, you know, we will have an ongoing. But the nice thing about that is we go through Discord is this can just continue to evolve over time. So even if you're in a different time zone, you know, because you'll be presented with a problem and maybe you don't have the solution in your quote-unquote inventory already. And you have to go out and, and earn an achievement in a game that will help you overcome your problem, right? So sometimes quests can go really quick if you happen to be sitting on these. Sometimes they'll take longer if you've got to go hunting for something. That sounds all tickety-boo. I love it. Uh, So just to recap, we're talking about a brand new event launching on 1st of April. 1st of April. Look out for the sign-up and more information on the Discord, probably around the AHL and Contest Info channels. We'll probably do some announcements there. And this is a community role-playing epic where our achievements um, can be used to fulfill objectives uh, set for various different quests uh, in the realm of the Zitalika raid boss battle. Ahunawun. Uh, uh, Ahunawun. The land of Ahunawun. This is absolutely fantastic. Cannot wait. Yeah, it'll be fun to do. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to run with this and announce it here with you. It's, it's I, again, I love this community and I love all the fun, unique things that we can do. Uh, and, and who knows, maybe this thing can grow into something insane down the road. And hopefully me and my uh, British compadres, uh, who will probably make make up my team, the same team that I had for Trekcraft, will be a little bit more successful in our questing <laughs> than our space <laughs> space uh, trekking. As it stands right now, I know I've been asked and I haven't fleshed out the details, so I don't think I'm going to do it. But as it stands today, again, these might change by the time, you know, I got, I got three weeks here before I have to really finalize everything. I don't have a way for anyone to die. So I think, you know, you you won't be straight out in space, (laughs) Chewy. If there's a way for things to go horribly wrong, I'm sure that I will discover it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, I can't wait. And uh, yeah, like like Chewy said, keep an eye on the Discord. If you're not there right now, boy, you you should. It's it's, it's a fun place to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you very much, Freem, for joining me and recapping our FCC and introducing this amazing new upcoming event. Uh, And I will catch up with you in a few more months. Absolutely. And uh, have a great time gaming, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hello, Awakapail. And I've played two Ratalaka games in March, one of their best and one of the worst games they've published on Xbox. This week I'll tell you about the bad one. Cosmos Bit is a Nintendo Entertainment System style metroidvania, which falls way short of its three decades older inspirations, chief among them Metroid, but some enemies and graphics are heavily inspired by the NES Mario games. I don't think Nintendo's lawyers would approve. 
He plays the space warrior Stella Mironova, some kind of mercenary or bounty hunter heavily inspired by Samus of Metroid fame who receives a mission to save some scientists on an alien planet where they've found signs of alien intelligence. Stella carries a huge gun which, judging by the initial damage output, rapidly fires foam darts. The life forms on the planet are not aggressive and act as if they are not even there even if you keep firing at them for many seconds. They do have a tendency to hang out in narrow tunnels and on platforms you have to traverse but almost all of them are just minding their own business when Stella shows up to murder them. Unfortunately you can't let them graze you or you'll quickly die as you start off with only 3 hit points. There is no height control while jumping, you can't make low jumps which is a pain as you can only fire straight ahead and up and enemies often are just a tad above where you shoot forcing you to jump up and down dozens of times to kill the enemy as they take so many foam darts or whatever your gun fires until you've upgraded it. The double jump is equally bad and can't be used if you are aiming up for some reason. Shooting upwards can also be problematic if you are close to a wall as Stella sometimes manages to get your massive gun stuck in it. There are only two somewhat tricky and punishing platforming sections but both of them are located far away from save points which also costs resources to use which you might rather use to upgrade health and bombs capacity but the resources are not hard to find so I'd recommend to save every time you find a save room as you do not want to play Cosmos Bit longer than you have to. The screen transition is often terrible, especially if you go up as you spawn into the room in a determined spot instead of emerging where you actually came from, which can easily disorient you and have you accidentally fall back into the room you came from. I find it's usually a red flag if the achievement list is done way before the game ends. You likely have all of Cosmos Bits 12 achievements worth 1000 gamer score and probably around 1200 TEA in around an hour, which is around two thirds into the game. Don't make my mistake and play the rest of the game. The, the end game ups the difficulty and treats you to some terrible story beats featuring aliens and scientists in diapers who Stella promptly leaves to party among themselves as soon as she finishes the mission. The final boss is the most visually impressive in the game, but it is mechanically as crappy as the other bosses. Cosmos Bits only redeeming qualities are that it is quick and easy game score and that it mostly works as intended. Unfortunately, the game design is rather terrible and despite how short it is, it feels way longer due to how slow it is, which is mostly due to the bullet spongy enemies. Thankfully, you won't have to suffer through the worst of the writing if you stop playing when you unlock the final achievement. Unless you really want to play every single Metroidvania, save your $5 for something else. I sadly wouldn't recommend Cosmo Bit even if it was free. Have a nice day everyone!